Hello, and welcome to From A to Xenon. I'm Jahan. I'm Avery. Jahan, how's it going? I saw it. So for fans who, you know, I don't know, keep track of our social lives. I saw Jahan last month. It was very exciting. It was very exciting. What a thrill to be in the same city as my podcast host. My gosh. (laughs) It was so much fun. We walked the streets of New York. We had ice cream. Like it was wonderful. As we said then, we were in the very streets that Corbin Blue did not walk in his fictional Brooklyn set movie, Jump In. And today we're actually talking about another movie that starts in the city that never sleeps. <laughs> what are we talking about this month, Shahan? Well, it's Pride Month, so you know we had to do it to him. We're talking about Cadet Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we roll the clip? Let's do it roll the clip (laughs) she was a teenage fashion queen what do you think i like it it's very bridal until her family moved her out of the city military school i'm not going and into a uniform now if she wants to fit in she'll have to get her hands a little dirty oh did you break a nail hillary duff and christy carlson romano (laughs) cadet kelly the clip is rolled Guys, I am so excited to talk about this movie. I know we shy, I mean, we've we've done a lot of like indie decoms, but when Jahan said, let's do Cadet Kelly this month, it brought me so much joy. And I'm so excited we did this because watching this movie, I beamed, I glowed the entire viewing. (laughs) Degree to which like this movie, I don't even think I realized how important it was to me. I I think I've rewatched it like, Within the last four years, our friends did it for like a New Year's Eve watch. Um, Avery, were you not there? Where were you? Oh, I don't know. You were there, was I? Okay. Can't believe you missed it. (laughs) Anyway. And like, but it's still like, it feels so fresh. It feels so fun. It's just, it might be like, I know my favorite, it's probably, it's hard to say because I feel like my favorite should be a musical because I love a decom musical so much, but it's like, one of my favorites and the reason we came to it for this month is because Avery was like what do you want to do for your birthday and we had discussed doing this but then we were like no let's do a musical for your birthday and save Cadet Kelly for Pride Month because Cadet Kelly is as as I've heard the root of many lesbians lesbians (laughs) that's a joke that is a joke because um roots are not real but people you know it's a joke online we're like oh this is my root this is what caused me like Shigo from Kim Possible, for example, or uh, Meg from Hercules, or the film Cadet Kelly. <laughs> I love. I think I even forgot how gay it was. <laughs> well, we're gonna dive into it. We're gonna talk about it. And and funny enough, this movie came out in two thousand two, so this is the twentieth anniversary of this movie this year. It's been my 20 god. Years. Well, that's not right. <laughs> But yes, uh, like, so as I was saying, uh, I also just really, really love this movie. And as, God, I think it's definitely like in the like decom pantheon of like one of the all time greats as far as I'm concerned. And we'll get into that more, but let's let's talk about it a little. We start off with an an iconic opening song that the fans may recognize. (laughs) What's the song, Jahan? It's One Girl Revolution, baby. You know her, you love her, you heard her in, I think it was a Cloud Nine? Yeah. 
Oh my god. Honestly, it should be in every film. <laughs> it really should. And One Girl Revolution is playing, and your girl uh, Kelly is ribbon dancing. <laughs> ribbon dancing, y'all, in the park. And I'm like, oh, is this what the NYC kids are doing? Is this what you do on the weekend, John? I don't... What? What's happening? <laughs> no, because this is a middle school for the arts, and Kelly, played by our girl, our queen, light of my life, light of Avery's life, Hillary Duff, is participating in her friend's school project, her best friend Amanda. You know, they're just two peas in a pod. They're these two little weirdo, arty, hippie girls who simply love to ribbon dance. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so the girls are ribboning in the park. Kelly is talking to her teacher about this needing to do a family project. She first thought she was going to write an essay. She's now decided, you know, she didn't she say she was going to do a stage play. Now she's like decided that she's going to make a film. And it makes sense, right? Because her dad is a documentarian and we see him kind of like a ways away with his his camera and waving hi. And you get very off the bat that like her dad is very clumsy. Like he mm-hmm. he's trying to wave, he falls off of something. This man is a documentarian, has a very cool job, but is very, very clumsy. <laughs> Your boy loves a khaki vest, you know? He needs all those pockets to hold on to his things because he is constantly on an adventure far away from Kelly. That is the sense we get. This character feels a lot like Lizzie McGuire, but like a little bit less self-aware and less self-conscious. Cause you know, Lizzie McGuire is that anxious tween. This is like all of the joy of Lizzie McGuire. I think all of that silliness. And she's just like, she loves her life. Her parents are divorced. She and her dad get hot dogs. Um, or dirty water hot dogs, as they call it. <laughs> dirty water hot dogs. And like, she's um, narrating this film. And I do think she starts the movie with the line, I've realized that there are some stories that have to be told. I never realized my memoirs were one of them. And so she's now kind of introducing us to her family. And, you know, her dad's divorced alone and having a terrific time because he knows he has me, the light of his life. They're a cute pair. They've got their little, uh, their cell phones that they use just to call each other. Very Manhattan tween. I don't know what a Manhattan tween was like in this era, but it feels right to me. Her dad takes her to her mom's work to drop her off. And we also see that mom, and according to Kelly, like she is also to the light of her life. And so I think, and tell me if I'm wrong, Jahan, because I feel like this family dynamic is very different to like a classic DCOM family. And I did want to talk about that. So we're so used to like, in DCOMs, like a parent having died or like, you know, a mm-hmm. single parent household. And there's an, a, there's a, a, an older child that has to like take care of their younger siblings and different things like that. But like this dynamic is so different. Kelly's parents are divorced and it looks like they're divorced like amicably. Mm-hmm. And her mom has a boyfriend named Joe. And Joe is like a sergeant or because you see a picture of her when he's, he's the general. He's the general. Thank you. We see a picture of him at the mom's office when the dad is dropping them off. And they're like, oh, how's Joe? Like, how's this? And like, it's just a very different dynamic that we are so used to. And also Kelly right now is an only child. Like we don't have that in many decoms of like an only child star. Yeah. And she even said it feels very like 
the school, the family, it all feels very Montessori to me. I don't know, like the school and also like even how she talks about like the family. She's like a she she's kind of filming for this uh, documentary about her family. She's like a nuclear family that once exploded, but it exploded as gently as possible. So it's like it just all feels very like careful. And it like does feel like this very I feel like Kelly is very parented, which, as you said, we don't often see in ecom. She has so much parent and she has so much focus on just her. But weirdly, she does seem to still think she has to do everything, even with like she hailed a cab for the dad and was like, I have to do everything. Mm -hmm. It's interesting because we're still dealing with that child who's carrying a lot of weight on their shoulders. But this time, I don't know that it's necessary. You know, it's like, Kelly, you got you got lots of family and they're they're all like I do think it's a very I love the family portrait that's painted because it does feel like very loving and very like it's a very soft world that I liked getting a glimpse into. Mm -hmm. I like that soft. It's, it is a soft world. I, I think that's a great description of it. Yeah. So, yes. So we we drop Kelly off. We figure out that mom has a boyfriend and, you know, for a long time it had just been like them as single gals. But, you know, Joe's in the picture and he's he's. Nice. I think I get the sense that it's not the guy that Kelly would have picked out for her mom, but like he treats mm -hmm. her nice. Like her mom seems happy. So sh therefore, like she is okay. Yeah. She's like, she's like a weirdly well adjusted tween, I feel like. Like, uh, she's not like mature by any means. She is very much a kid, which I love about the character, but she's like very s sweet and loving about the divorce and very sweet and loving about Joe, right? Because like, it really is all about like she's like yeah mom likes him and he he seems like nice and she even says that like yeah he the, she, there's something about the way he looks at the mom that she loves like he looks at her like she's the answer to his prayers and i was like ooh, go off <laughs> also like she also films them kissing pretty vigorously for in front of a tween i just wanted to say <laughs> Yeah, Kelly gets a little too close with that camera to the point that when Joe turns, he like hits his nose on the camera and like proceeds to bleed. And I did think that it was like hit that hard or they made collision that hard, but Joe's bleeding out here. She she's like, you can cry if you want to. I love how they like that's who that's who Kelly is, you know? Like uh she's a little impulsive, a little all a little in the way and all over the place, but also wants wants people to talk about their feelings and be mushy but her mom tells her that tonight's actually a celebration because she and the general want to get married and settle down and kelly's like maybe someday you will and i'm all for it <laughs> the mom's like we're not asking you the and then the general says we're telling you and i'll be honest i didn't love that i was like the general step out step down <laughs> stand down sir i mean i know that kids if they had a choice probably would never be like yeah get married right now but kids should still be a part of what the family looks like i don't like when they're told things you know yeah but she takes she rolls with the punches and is like well in that case you have my permission <laughs> because she's kelly and she's very silly and sweet um she almost feels like a younger character than she is sometimes she feels very lizzie to me um which is the same age but just very young uh, but she tells him he'll be good for her mom yeah and so they are planning to get married during the summer and i mm -hmm. think 
they so there's this kind of this weird time jump like we don't see the planning of the marriage or we don't even see the wedding but it's like the day before the wedding Mm -hmm. mom and and joe have their like are walking down the street she has her dress and is like oh i can't wait till tomorrow but then there's also we learn that kelly's mom hasn't told kelly yet and we're trying to figure out like what is the thing like hasn't told her what Mm -hmm. like what is happening joe's like do you want to you want to tell her together and she's like oh no like i'll tell like i can tell her by myself like i can do this her mom is almost trying to like talk herself or work herself into like i can do this mm-hmm. so kelly and her mom are are shopping and like i guess doing their mother-daughter bonding thing and she tells kelly like oh you know joe got his drink like she's she's talking very fast Mm -hmm. very intentionally hoping that kelly will not hear what is being said and she's like Mm -hmm. yeah like joe got his dream his dream job we're gonna be moving upstate like maybe i'm gonna start learning how to cook because you know they're so used to the manhattan takeout life and Mm -hmm. kelly's like cook yeah wait what upstate like (laughs) what is happening here and so we find out that Joe is going to be a principal, a commandeer, a co- what is it? A common, what is it? A commandant? Commandant. A commandant <laughs> of a school. And not just any old school, it's military school. <laughs> I think it's so funny because Kelly is, again, just such a sweet, young, source of light character that, like, when he she mentions that Joe got a new job, she's like, I've been looking for jobs for a retired general. You know, there's not many out there. <laughs> but the commandant of a middle school, uh, a military school, and that means that poor Kelly is leaving her arts middle school that she loves so much. And I just, again, I know you can only involve kids in decisions so much, but they're just springing this on her. And it feels especially, like, harsh to do. Like, maybe not, like, harsh to do when you have, like, this little free-spirited little weirdo, too. Like, Kelly is such a little, like... uh, She's an arts middle schooler, right? She's just, like, such a little sweetie. And it's just like, you can't send this baby to military school. Like, if I were her mother, I'd be like, I know my child. That child does not belong in military school. Just look at her. (laughs) And that's my thing, too. I was trying to figure out, like, are there no other schools in upstate New York? Like, why does she have to go to the school that Joe is at? Like, why couldn't she have gone to another school? (laughs) That didn't even occur to me. But right, like, this kid in particular is just like, why, why do you feel like your child needs to go to military school? Especially when you consider that her mom seems pretty liberal too once we get we'll we'll get further into things like kelly says in classes and stuff and it's like so one how did you end up in a relationship with this man and two how did you decide that like it's one thing to decide your kid has to like be a part of this family with this man who again seems great but it's another to like decide she has to like partake in military academy you know like partake in believing in the military industrial complex at age 14 or whatever but like her mom says well we're gonna be a family and she's like i can still like kelly starts like bargaining she's like you maybe we are we're not moving so far upstate that i can't come to my school i love my school can i live with amanda and her mom's like well we're gonna be a family and families live together and then she says, the, ex- the very next sentence she says after she says families live together is, house is right on campus so you can come home every weekend. Bitch, you just said families live together and you just chose a new life where your child lives away from you five days a week. How? <gasps> is this a joke? <laughs> 
And Kelly, like, is seriously in denial because the next scene, she's, like, in her room packing. And Amanda's, Mm -hmm. and they're like, oh, she's like, I'm not leaving. Like, I'm not going. As she's packing. (laughs) And saying, like, this is not going to happen. And she and Amanda are like, oh, oh, oh. The iconic, oh, yes. Oh, I just remember that from the trailer so much. But I did. Yes, but it's, I mean, she is seriously in denial. Like, she is refusing to go. And so, sure enough, our next scene, we're literally being shown the sign to the George Washington, like, military academy. And Kelly's like, I can't believe that, like, this is the man we married. And I love, I love. So funny. (laughs) I love the, the universal we that she just uses so liberally. It's like we married this man. We did these things. Like, I, I love it so much. And she, she does it a lot. And it's very funny because it's very clear to me that, like, Kelly is the heart of this family. <laughs> because she, like, makes them all, like, we. Yes. Yes. And I don't, I, it's just, it's really, it's really great. We are at the George Washington Military Academy. We are in the girls' barracks, which, you know, I thought in the middle, like, maybe they'd get dorms, but no, they sleep in one common area. Like, what is this? I don't like it at all. <laughs> I simply cannot believe what they're putting these children. <laughs> this is like that's how you sleep at camp. Yeah, that's like they they need dorms, right? Um, but she meets Carla, who is the girl in the bunk next to her. Carla's so sweet and so nice immediately, and is like everyone else is kind of like just kind of looking at Kelly. They're not like being mean yet, but they're just kind of like they're not her friends. Everyone's looking at her too because she's very much standing out. Everybody else is in mm-hmm. uniforms and Kelly's wearing like her accessorized like everything. And clearly Think she has like she heels on. Yes. She she, she has wedges on, right? Yes, it is wedges. <laughs> she just she clearly looks like she does not belong. It's very funny because she looks like she doesn't belong, but not in like a cowbells or a material girls way where it's like this fancy, like put together team, but in like a Lizzie McGuire way where she is a a like artistic self-expressing 14 year old girl and I do think there is a difference in those visuals if you're imagining and can't remember how like how little Kelly is in this movie really it's really shocking honestly like she's a she's little (laughs) she's a middle schooler um and but Carla's there and it's like you're gonna like it here you know and truly I love Carla but I was like girl how do you know this is the first time you've ever spoken to her you have no reason to know she's gonna like it (laughs) They have their cute little introduction and the girls in the barrack, they're like, oh, we're going to have Captain Stone as our squad leader. And they're all like, who's that? And one of the girls literally describes her as the meanest 16 year old in America. What? Oh, my God. Yes. An incredible line. Um, Clarifying question. Are they in middle school or are they in high school? I don't. It might be her freshman year, but she was just the art school was a middle school for sure. Gotcha. Okay. 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 That's true. Captain Stone is a 16-year-old. So maybe it's her freshman year, but Cadet Kelly is a young freshman at best. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. So they're talking about their squad leader. She's the meanest 16-year-old in America. Um, We also get rumblings or talk of, you know, Brad, who's a cadet major, and all the girlies, like, love him. Oh, Brad. Brad. (laughs) The drama. Captain Stone is like, I guess, I think, I don't even know how he gets brought up. I think it's like Captain Stone has a thing for him or, and all the girls are like, oh, he's so cute. Um, Somebody says, why not me? Why 
stone. <laughs> it's, it's, and Carla basically says, girl, none of you are hot enough for Brad anyway. <laughs> I don't remember her words, but she says it and she means it. <laughs> so the the girls, they kind of stop their conversation because we hear and we see Captain Stone coming. And I think at this point, like Kelly's trying to put her rainbow blanket on her bed or her rainbow throw. And Carla, to be fair, Carla tries to warn her and is like, you need to put that away. But Kelly's like, no, it's fine. And insists on like, you know, expressing her individuality. But you know what? It's not regulation. And Captain Stone, played by our girl, vlogger herself, Christy Carlson Romano. (laughs) grabs it and says, did I accidentally snatch this ratty old thing away from you? Kelly's like, in my experience, people don't accidentally snatch. And it's and then like Captain Stone stops on it and is like, keep it out of my barracks. And I'm just like, why are you? It's this girl's first day. Don't be a dick to her. I don't know. Kelly is an individual and she like just kind of speaks up for herself. And because of that, Captain Stone is like, you're on my list maggot and that is what she'll be calling her the entire film (laughs) and so i love our girl kelly because she's so distraught and i quote the uniformity the rules the khaki of it all like (laughs) kelly's like i want a nice i she wants it to be a kinder nicer school and like baby girl that's not happening no and she's truly like it was up to me to do it I had to do everything. And I'm just like, Kelly, you take on too much, including trying to change the military industrial (laughs) complex all by yourself. But it's also so funny to me because like, who gives a teenager this much power, right? Like Captain Stone, like somebody is like, in her mind, you're just a lonely, a lowly speck of dust. But why? I guess Kelly and I are on the same page because she's also like, well, that's not how I see it. (laughs) So Kelly is like very clearly like, prepared to change things or at the very least to continue being herself. But my takeaway was this school sucks ass. (laughs) (laughs) The next day, Kelly is all distraught. We got the bullhorn blowing. Everybody's leaving, ready to go. Kelly's still in bed. She comes on the field late and comes all accessorized with her scarf and her bracelets. And Carla's like, girl, take that stuff off. Like, take it off. So, and and Kelly's like, oh no, like mouthing no. And then she's like, no, seriously, like you really need to take this stuff off. So she's like, fine. So she tries to take off the scarf. She tries to take off the bracelet. She tries to stuff it in her hat, like before Captain Stone comes and they have their little face off. And you're right, like, Captain Stone is just so mean. Like, absolutely mean. mean For no reason. She's mean, because, like, Kelly doesn't understand military time and, like, basically says that to Captain Stone. She doesn't, like, say it sassily, which is also unlike Kelly for what it's worth. And Captain Stone's just like, you get dumber by the minute, don't you? And it's like, why are you being like this? (laughs) Talk about the salute because I do love the salute. Oh, at some point, Kelly tries to salute her. And I was, I had to go back and like rewind this scene three times because I'm like the logistics of it all. Kelly salutes her. Her hat 
like comes flying off and all the accessories like fall to like pop out and like fall to the ground and i have to rewatch it three times to be like this isn't possible like this is it yeah so what you're noticing is that the physics are absolutely <laughs> insane oh, and i'm glad you called it out because she salutes her the normal way where you would you would knock the hat off the back of your head but she salutes that way and then the hat flies forward in the opposite direction of the force of her hand Help. <laughs> and it flies <laughs> with such a propulsion <laughs> such a force Ooh, you know what? Our yeah. physics teacher would be very proud <laughs> i was literally just about to say let's write some physics questions Ooh. for an exam about this what is the force at which the hat, <laughs> the hat is pushed off of her head <laughs> It's an absolute mess. But sweet Carla, sweet Carla, mm -hmm. she does volunteer to train Kelly. Like in front of Captain Stone, like is like, ma'am, like I volunteer to train her on the terminology and all this other stuff to like get her up to speed. And Carla didn't have to do that. Like she didn't have to stand mm -hmm. up for her, but she does. So we like Carla. Carla's cool. Carla's a star. And shortly thereafter, we, we meet someone new. We meet a dreamboat. Brad is here and he is introduced in dreamy tween boy slow-mo. He's just like running and marching in slow motion and your boy looks good because he is in fact Sean Ashmore who was having a moment in this era. <laughs> he, he, I will say fully cop to like he is absolutely dreamy like to a level that like i feel like maybe was, i feel like he's one of the cutest decom boys i wholeheartedly agree <laughs> he, like he was so handsome he became a main screen star which doesn't even happen to all of our like our, our beautiful stars they don't all make that transition <laughs> no i i absolutely agree <laughs> like i don't know that slow-mo like i like i remember that slow-mo doing something to me as a tween and now i'm like we're going to get more into like how they make like how what they have him do. But he's just like he's a very dreamy boy and they really play it up well. Anyway, so Kelly's obviously like he's the cutest boy she's ever seen. But everyone's like, he's the Stones man, you know, and they're going to the dance together on Friday. There's a dance on Friday. <laughs> However, poor Captain Stone is, <laughs> I will say, she has not been nice, but she's also still a 16 year old girl. And she's like plotting with her friend how she's going to casually bump into him and bring up the dance. Uh, she, you know, she's still a neurotic teen, but Kelly does make the choice to be bad for no reason here. <laughs> because while Captain Stone is marching to casually run into her boy, Kelly marches to intercept. <laughs> so before she can accidentally run into Brad, Kelly's, Kelly's there saluting Brad and Brad thinks it's weird, too, for what it's worth. Yeah, she just walks up to him and literally salutes for no reason. Doesn't even say, like, hey, I'm Kelly. I'm the new girl. Like, just salutes, y'all. It's awkward as hell. And truly, just to be a little bitch, which I respect because Captain Stone has been a menace. And Christy Carlson Romano does her finest work, I will say, in this next moment. She gives Kelly the angriest salute in return I have ever seen. And then as Kelly, like, happily flounces off, she does like this next level, like over the top Disney Channel look of like crazed anger. And I was just like, oof, 
Christy knows how to do it, you know? <laughs> I was going to say, and I'm so glad that you said this, because in my notes, too, I was like, wow, she has such an expressive face. She does. And it's really doing the work here. Like, I would have loved to see the, the like, the high brow, like, I would have loved to see her as, like, playing a Disney villain or something like that. Because, like, she does it well. Like, she does villainy well. <laughs> Listen, Kenny Ortega, call her up. Because you guys could do a whole nother... Like, she could have been a villain in Descendants. You know, yes. she could do something like that. She's up for the challenge. And she's usually available, as we'll talk about later. She tells us repeatedly online that she would love to be back in the Disney fold. <laughs> Um, but yes, she she has a very expressive face. Also, for what it's worth, a theater actor normally. So mm-hmm. I think that's part of it. We start to like just see kind of a montage of Kelly not adjusting to school or like a few quick scenes. There's one where everyone's standing at attention and then she stands up to join them. But then they're all sitting down by the time she's standing. So she's the only one sitting on the only one standing. And that moment felt like it felt very like started Legally Blonde to me, right? Where like she's got the... It honestly is Legally Blonde. It's the moment where she's the the one who brings an actual notebook instead of like a notebook laptop. And then um, we have my favorite line, which is in a military history class. They're ta- he's taking her through some like Napoleon war thing. I don't know. History has always been my worst subject. And <laughs> Kelly goes, it would be dishonest of me not to tell you right now that I am a conscientious objector. And this is when I really said, how does the woman who raised this perfect little liberal weirdo child end up with a general? (laughs) Like, how does that work? Listen, they met at a wedding. The rest was history. Kelly does tell us that they met at a wedding, at a mutual friend's wedding. And that's how they like fell in love. Who's your mutual friend? I don't know. (laughs) Y'all don't have nothing in common. (laughs) Oh, we then have my next favorite line. Avery, are you going to mention? Oh, wait. Are we talking about the same thing? Is it at my old school, we only had to do math when we felt like it. It was a really good system. Well, no, that's not the line that I was going to (laughs) say. Oh, it's so funny. I was like, yeah, that is a really good system, Kelly. And like, I now understand maybe a little bit of why her mom wanted to pull her out of her school. (laughs) Your girl can't do math. (laughs) Listen, uh, listen, how often do we do math in the real world? Listen, every time you have to add 15 minutes to the time that I am going to meet you to record this podcast, you're doing math, Avery. (laughs) Touche, (laughs) touche. Every time I tell you I'm going to be late at the last second. So we, yeah, we, we, we get a montage of this girl just like standing out in classes and just like being the odd one out. Meanwhile, back at the mm-hmm. barracks, the girls are getting ready for the dance and showing off their dresses. And this is where we see Kelly just being so sweet because like every girl's showing her dress and she's like, oh, that's cute. Like, oh, I love that on you. But it's clear that like Carla feels left out because like she doesn't have a dress to show off. So mm-hmm. Kelly's like, come on, like come to my house. Like we'll pick out dresses there. And it's just, again, so sweet, so soft, so like fluffy. I love it. Right. (laughs) Like Kelly has really wonderful empathy, right? She is just a nice, nice, sweet girl. I love this character. She's just like so charismatic and like Hilary Duff shines and we'll get into that. But it is just like she thrives in this role of nice girl. 
Yeah. And so Kelly and Carla are like walking down, I guess, like not the street, but like walking down the pavement. I don't know. And they see on the field um, the drill team practicing. And Kelly's like, "Uh, what are they doing? (laughs) My favorite line, I believe in gun control. (laughs) Like, (laughs) what? And I'm like, yes, girl, we do too. (laughs) I know. Okay, yes. This script is incredible. But yes, she sees the drill team spinning around their toy guns. And is like, I believe in gun control. And Carla says, around here that is gun control carla what <laughs> i know and she was like explaining like what is going on they run into joe which you know he is the what is it the commandant and so you know carla's all nervous and she has to you know explain like oh we're going home to pick out dresses and carla's like you can't talk to this man like this and she's like well i kind of can he's my stepdad and Carla's like, you should tell Captain Stone this. Like, she would go so much easier on you. Mm-hmm. But Kelly's like, no. I basically, like, I don't want to benefit from nepotism. And we love to see it. <laughs> wow, you said it so beautifully. She actually, she said she's my own battle. And I love that you were like, Kelly stood up against nepotism, not for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. I mean, she really could be out here being like, well, my stepdad is the commandant. Like, she really could be bratty about it. Yeah, and she does it. And I do think this is okay. I found another word to call Kelly that I think is accurate because, like, again, the cowbells or the material girls version of this character, this that we often see that. So, this is a fish out of water decom, and we often have those where, like, it's like the prissy mm-hmm. girl um, who's out of place. And you could you could have very easily made this movie that right. Cadet Kelly could have been like it could have been about like the muck and the mud and like how she doesn't like this, but no, she's just really spunky. Yeah, she's so she's so like herself, and she I think spunky is like a really good word for both Lizzie McGuire and this character, where it's just like that tween who is herself, and I really do love it. Yeah, she has to quote our favorite film, our favorite holiday film, The Holiday. She has gumption. <sighs> It's funny because that was the word that came to mind when you said spunky and I was like, but I won't say it. (laughs) Oh, well, I've never held back once in my life when it came to referencing a Nancy Myers movie. (laughs) We love, we love. So yes, we we get to go to her house. Carla's a little nervous about walking in. She doesn't feel right about it. She's like, oh, come on. Um, We get to see them in her room, like trying on dresses. Carla meets her mom, her mom, is trying to put on an apron <laughs> and like truly failing. And I'm like, ma'am, it's not that hard. <laughs> I know it's like cartoonish how bad they have her be at putting on an apron. Because I guess the idea is that like, she's adjusting to being a, a like more of a, less of a working mom and more of a like cooking mom. I don't know. I don't think she's stay at home yet. She said she'd be editing less in the country. And so after that, our next scene is obstacle courses. Our girl Kelly is is not doing well. Her face is literally in the mud. <laughs> I know. And it's very funny because it's actually a smash cut. She says, she's like looking at the dresses that she and Carla picked out. And she's like, maybe there is a feminine side to the military life. And then she's immediately like down <laughs> in the mud. Captain Stone is just like yelling at them to get up and keep going. And it's it's gross. And they're she's very bad at it. <laughs> 
Meanwhile, we see between like Kelly being bad, we see Brad like breezing through this obstacle. He looks like an action star. My gosh. Like he just looks so great. Uh (laughs) Listen, Sean Ashmore or your identical twin, Aaron Ashmore, if either of you is free. Avery, Avery, Stop. Avery's number. Out. <laughs> Listen, email us at. <laughs> if... <laughs> Listen, we'll say the podcast email at the end of the podcast. So go ahead and hit us up there. <laughs> um, but yes, Captain Stone is like screaming. And I want to be clear, like there are other other maggots, other cadets like doing this obstacle course, but like Captain Stone is like laser focused on Kelly. Like she is yelling at her basically to the point of bullying her. She's grabbing her by the ears. Like, good Lord, it is not appropriate. Like, yeah, she's like, did you break a nail? I don't care. Um, And then like, to be clear, we're swooning at Brad. So is Kelly. It's only natural. How could she resist? We can't resist his his handsomeness is coming through the screen he is ever the boy of every tween's dreams so like kelly like swoons and jennifer captain stone sees it and that's she like drags her by the ear to the next obstacle and eventually kelly gets stuck on top of a climbing wall because she doesn't like heights mm-hmm. captain stone as much of a shit as she is does say something here that is a good point which is like what are you going to do when a member of your team is counting on you are you going to leave a man behind no, you're going to go get him. No one gets left behind. She's very clear about that. And it's very weird, actually, because it's like this like very like serious sentence in between all of her mean shit. But she just leaves Kelly on top of the wall. <laughs> I know. that first, Okay, so everybody else like gets dismissed to go to the dance. Mm-hmm. And I will say the teacher basically says, is everyone in? And... Captain Stone does not speak up about the member of her squad who is on top of the wall. I know. What a shitty thing to do! (laughs) So Kelly finally does come down. And then Captain Stone goes, oh, well, like, you're going to stay here and do this course until you do it right. And it's like Captain Ramos Ramos is going to, like, watch you until you do it right. And I'm like, now how come... How come Captain Ramos has to stay and suffer for Stone's personal vendetta? Like, that's not okay. That's so rude. (laughs) Also, it's the night of the dance. We haven't said that, but yes. Like, so Kelly's like, wait, what about the dance? She's like, you're not going. Uh, So like, this plan is clearly to keep Kelly away from the dance, Get uh, let Jennifer still go to the dance, and also just fuck over her friend, uh, Sergeant Ramos. So rude. (laughs) Kelly has decided, you know what, again, I think if I were Kelly at some point, I would have broken down. I would have been petty. I would have been like pouting or something. But she like, again, takes this with, takes this in stride and just like keeps going. Like, well, basically Captain Stone's like, what are you going to do about it? Tell your stepfather. And she's like, uh, she try, I, she tries to think of a response and is like, I'm not going to do anything about it. And so she just starts going through this obstacle course. It starts raining. It was already muddy. And the whole time she's just trying to befriend Sergeant Ramos and like figure out like what makes this like very serious teenager tick. Because she's like, you're not upset about missing the dance? She's like, I don't like dancing. You're not upset about missing the, the listening to the music? I don't like music. <laughs> just this very like stoic and straight faced teen. Um, and she was like, why are you talking? You're supposed to be climbing. And- Kelly's like, I can diagnose and climb at the same time. 
And then at the barbed wire where you have to crawl under the barbed wire, Kelly cuts herself. And this is where I think she starts to win over Ramos because she's like, are you okay? And she's like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to, it's going to be my personal best. And like, I think Ramos starts to like see the spunk we've always Mm -hmm. seen. (laughs) And Ramos kind of like softens a little bit. She melts. So she's like, you know, when I go through this course, like I think of home, like I think of the stars, I think of this. And Kelly's like, that's so beautiful. And so Ramos is like, okay, <laughs> let me actually teach you how to do this. Like elbows in, like this and that. Like, and they do the course together. It's so sweet. And that is like, I think Kelly's superpower, right? Like making people melt. Like she's just so herself and so sweet. And like, you can't resist that. She's, she is irresistibly charming and like also very like kind and loving. And when I think faced with like a wall of that, like Ramos is, oh, you can't resist. But yes, they do the course together. It's so sweet. And then um, she's dismissed. The minute she does the mud course, it just like stops raining on a dime. It doesn't like, (laughs) sorry, it just instantly stopped raining. And I was like, you could have transitioned this a little bit better, but okay. (laughs) No, the the rain's done. She's she's muddy and she's covered in mud and there's no rain to wash it away. Like in Hilary Duff's song, Come Clean. No, but you're right. She is muddy and there is no rain to wash it away because of a very sudden rain stoppage. And Kelly's like, ooh, I could go. I don't know what Kelly's plan is. If her plan is to go to the dance as is, she is in like this muddy uniform. She is head to toe covered in mud. And I think her plan is to go look at the dance, then presumably get cleaned up and then go to the dance. But she goes to observe the dance from up on top of a hill. And something we've learned about Kelly so far is that she has inherited her father's clumsiness. And uh, there's nothing to trip on. There's no sudden gust of wind. But suddenly Kelly is tumbling down a hill towards the doorways of the doorway of the auditorium. This is the most decom slapstick thing that could have happened, and I'm glad it did. <laughs> because your girl is just a tumbleweed. She's going, she's going. She's through the doors. You see all these kids jump out of the way because she's just like this mud ball. <laughs> she goes and lands directly on Captain Stone. This poor girl, she was dancing with Brad in her gorgeous white dress. And now she's covered in mud. And the kids applaud. (laughs) They're like saying, way to go, Kelly. And I'm like, okay, that sucks. Captain Stone may not be nice, but this was an accident. And it's not like, it's pretty horrible to be covered in mud, like at your school dance. And Brad, Brad is laughing. Brad is like, well, there's somebody who knows how to get down and dirty. And it's like, bro, listen, you don't need to like be on Captain Stone's side, but like maybe don't laugh in her moment of need. (laughs) All of this ends with uh, Kelly in the commandant's office because he has not heard great things about her first week at the school. Friends, Kelly's only been at this school for one week. And he's like, I'm already getting notes that like, well, first, Captain Stone says that Kelly purposely ruined her dress. And Kelly's like, no, it wasn't purposely like it was on accident. But then, Mm -hmm. you know, he's like, I'm getting notes from like all of your other teachers about your lack of discipline and all this other stuff. And Kelly's like, I don't know what you want from me. And he's like, uniformity is something that we strive for. Like, yeah, it just, he's very strict and he's very cold. 
And like to this point, he hasn't been this cold. I don't love what we're seeing in him. He's been like firm before and not super fun necessarily, but now he's like being cold. And he honestly explains it. He's like, I understand what you're going through. My father was the commandant at this school and he was tougher on me than the others to prove that he was fair. And Kelly's response to this is iconic. I think this line is what makes her like my favorite Hillary Duff character. And you know, I love Lizzie McGuire, but I think Kelly, Kelly is it for me. And she said, in those days, people didn't realize how fragile a child's psyche could be. Don't worry, sir. You'll put it behind you someday. Like this man was about to tell her why he was being strict. And she was like, go to therapy. (laughs) Don't repeat the cycle. She's, but yeah, she's like, I'm not happy about what's going on here either. Things could be so much better. You got these robots throwing guns. And it turns out um, he was on the drill team when he was at school here. <laughs> and again, Kelly's like, you were young. You didn't know any better. <laughs> Kelly, please stop digging yourself into this hole. <laughs> this is the first time we're really seeing Kelly and the commandant clash. Yeah. And so after this powwow, Kelly's ready to go home and like tells her mom that like, this ain't it. Like she's miserable. She's not happy. Yeah. And he kind of yells at her. He doesn't fully yell, but like, he's basically like, like she looks like after he, so he he tells her that thing you said about individual dignity is respected, but the individual is at service of the group. He's like, kind of like speaking loudly, almost yelling when he says Mm -hmm. that. And like, Kelly looks so sad and hurt. And that, yeah, you just see her, she calls, tries to call her dad with their cell phones. And she's like, nothing to worry about, even though I sound miserable. (laughs) And like, she doesn't have her dad to talk to. She's down in the dumps. And you're right. She goes to her mom to tell her she doesn't want to stay there. She's ready to fully tell her mom about how miserable she is. But then her mom drops her news first and tells them that they are going to have a baby. Y'all worked fast. <laughs> right? I'm like, did we just get married this summer? Like, and this is the first week back of school? Like, holy hell. You don't even know how y'all are all going to get along in this new location. You've just moved in together, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> Give it time. And so <laughs> Kelly, at this point, you know, she's so excited. She's so excited for her mom that she doesn't tell her mom that she's in fact miserable. And in fact, Kelly goes into problem solving mode. Like she is determined to fix things. She wants to, you know, Joe comes in at this point and is like, oh, like I've heard the news and all this other stuff. And at this point, Kelly's like, you know, I have to work on making Joe a father. Right. Because he, well, he, he congratulates her on being a big sister, but offers her a handshake. And she's like, yo, Yo, Joe, sorry, Joe, a handshake? And I agree with her. What the fuck, Joe? So Kelly's like, I got a lot of things to do. I have to work on making Joe a father. I need to support my mom. And in the words of our girl Kelly, I have to do everything. Like, well, you also forgot one important thing on the list, which is convince the military to let people use their own blankets. (laughs) How could I miss that? And I will say she is very excited about the sound of a baby. She does not immediately react sadly or negatively. She is like truly so hyped to be a big sister. And I did like that. Like, I like that all the family stuff is very like positive, even if it's not what Kelly wants. It's like she receives it very positively. And it's all, again, more part, more part of that soft upbringing where Kelly's 
Kelly's a sweetie. And also her mom gives her a paint set because she's going to have to paint the baby's room. And she's like, I love when you use psychology on me. (laughs) And then the next morning, Captain Stone, the last time she saw her, got covered in mud. So she is looking for a problem with Kelly. And honestly, Kelly's Kelly's looking her best. She's looking sharp. There's no problem for her to spot. Except Kelly's been keeping her rainbow blanket on her bed under her pillow. And it's sticking out just a teeny tiny bit this time. And Captain Stone spots it and tears it into pieces. What the fuck? Rips it in front of Kelly's face. And Kelly can't do anything about it. She watches her just like rip her favorite blanket to shreds. Um, And that night, Kelly has reached her limit. She needs revenge. Absolutely. And I, and I want to be clear that, like, as Captain Stone is, like, ripping up her blanket, like, Kelly, you can tell, like, she's very tearful. She doesn't, she's very sad, but, like, she's determined, like, not to, like, cry. Like, she wants to, like, show this girl, mm-hmm. like, I'm not going to cry in front of you. But you're right. Like, that night, she's, like, out for revenge. And so she sneaks to Captain Stone's room because, you know, she gets her own room. Mm-hmm. And she goes with her paint set. Mama shouldn't have gotten her that paint set. <laughs> And the next day, Captain Stone is walking to the bathroom and there's laughter and everything looks fine in the mirror. And then we go see the back of her head on which, and I will say, we chose this as a pride movie as a bit of a joke, but your girl has painted a rainbow of stripes on the back of Captain Stone's head. And between the blanket and the hair stripes, I just feel like there's a lot of pride flags willy nilly around Captain Stone is just like appalled and like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this happened. Mm -hmm. And so Captain Stone gives Kelly a court martial. She gets court martialed. (laughs) And back home, Joe is explaining like what this means to Kelly's mom. And it's like, this is a conflict of interest for me. Like, I'm basically the one that has to decide the punishment. And Kelly's mom is like, oh, well, maybe you should go hard on her, but not too hard. Like, she's trying to, you know, (laughs) she's trying to find this balance. Joe is upset. Kelly's on the stairs listening and overhearing this and is upset. Yeah. And I will say what she overhears is Joe being the dumbest bitch in the world, for what it's worth. Because he goes, this is the job I've wanted all my life. Ever since I was a kid here, listening to my dad, watching him living in this house. I can't blow it. And I was like, bitch, you got to dream bigger. <laughs> like, even if this is the job you wanted, now you ha- things are different, right? You didn't dream of it with a family. You didn't dream of it with Kelly. Kelly's, in, by my perception, as a simply a single 29-year-old who is in an entirely different situation, Kelly's a bigger and better dream as far as I'm concerned. Facing that little star should be your new dream, but that's not the point anyway. The mom's like, he's like, I can't blow it. And the mom's like, you think one little girl is going to make that happen? And he says, I didn't until I met the one little girl who could. <laughs> Which is tough, I think, for Kelly to hear. Yeah. And she's like stressed out because, you know, she does take it all on her shoulders. And at this point, her mom's like, you're going to have to say sorry to the court. Maybe we shouldn't have come here. And Kelly is full tears full beautiful Hillary Duff acting tears and says you never asked me if I wanted to come here 
And I did, I like at this point, I was like, speak on it, Kelly. But then I remember that I also like was not asked when my family moved to a different country when I was 10. That's just like how it goes. <laughs> and you know what? My cats didn't get asked when I moved them from Texas to New York. Sometimes a parent has to make decisions for a family. <laughs> <laughs> this just took a turn that I was not ready for. I don't know. <laughs> I was like, okay. Yes, moving to Doha, like, was a good comparison. And then you turned to the cats and I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're in cadet court now. <laughs> and Captain Stone is going through all the list of, I guess, rules that Kelly has broken. Mm-hmm. And Brad, you know, I love Brad. He's sometimes a little... Sometimes, you know, he tries not to play favorites, but you kind of can tell he's on maybe Team Kelly because he's like, oh, like, she, Captain Stone's like, oh, a uniform violation. He's like, well, speaking of uniform violations, like, your hat. And she, like, continues to go through the list. And she's like, this and that. And he's like, Captain Stone, like, we need to see the evidence. And he makes her take off her hat and laughs a little. <laughs> he's not very nice to Captain Stone for what it's <laughs> And yeah, you know, just a, just a little bit, but we we kind of love him for it. And again, here's our girl mm-hmm. Carla showing up again for Kelly because she's in court martial court, and Carla is like defending Kelly, being like, "Your Honor, it's just like paint, like it will come off, like it's it's it'll wash off." Um, and so Kelly's like, you know, I I didn't even get a chance to say sorry. And Captain Stone goes, apology not accepted. And she's like, not to you. <laughs> Which I absolutely loved. I know. She was like, to the court. And I was like, you know, I don't think your mom, I don't think that's what her mom meant when she said you'd have to apologize to the court. She presumably meant the, the girl who you painted the hair. Yeah. Uh, it, is, it is a quick decision. Like the court, the court martial court, I don't know. They like, literally huddle for 20 seconds and they're like oh we find you guilty (laughs) what and suddenly joe is in charge of sentencing her and he um sentences her to the drill team and she's like well i don't know about teams you know i'm more of a solo artist and he's like who said you'd be on the team that would be an honor he's like so rude about it but he sentenced her to be an equipment manager so she's gonna have to like polish the boots and the brass and maintain everything yeah, and, and Joe is hoping that this will teach her discipline. You know, Joe was on the team in 1970 and they came in third and they haven't done well since. And so he's hoping that the team mm-hmm. will go far this year. Uh, and honestly, I was just like, I hate Joe right now. He sucks. <laughs> and honestly, the movie wants us to feel that way because he's being like kind of, he's like being cold and strict. And at that very moment, Kelly's dad calls from like some swamp or river somewhere where he's like, it always worries me when you try to sound happy. And he's just, but he's also, I will say to Joe's credit, Joe is not great at what he's doing. The commandant is very commandante, but he is present. And the dad, we also get the sense that the dad is not present, right? Because he, he, she's telling him she got court-martialed and he's like, congratulations. <laughs> um, and it's just like, he's, it's not like clicking with him. So Kelly is now the equipment manager and she is shining boots. And 
Avery, we're gonna have to really break this scene down. Go to it, cadet. I feel like this is one of those scenes that maybe we can't do justice, so maybe we need to like roll a clip here. <laughs> because Kelly is shining shoes, but also like singing badly about Jennifer. <laughs> I don't know, but I've been told Jennifer's hair is painted gold. She's so mean she hardly breathes. I'll be happy when she leaves. I don't know, but I've been told Jennifer's heart is mighty cold. How cold? Real cold. How cold? Ice cold! Oops. So, you call that a shoe shine? You know, we could get gigged for that. And he's like, let me show you. And he in front of her and i will say this is treated as a like there is tension here he spits on the shoe and shines it and this to me is when i was like wow this really has all of the elements of a great lesbian drama <laughs> what listen i, I, I it just the spinning on the shoe. I I just feel like it's like you know one of those lesbian period pieces where you're like, oh, why is this weird moment so tense? That's like what a good lesbian period piece needs, and that's what this is. This is an early two thousands lesbian period piece. <laughs> I I did say that he is like rubbing the shoe. He's giving her glances, and I did write it in my notes. I was like, this is tension heavy slash oddly sexual. What is happening right. here? And Okay, yes, you, you can have that in any movie, but that to me feels like what really... It's so funny because you would think that like weird like two girls authority figure relationship would be where I would uh, would be part of the thing that makes this a lesbian drama. But no, it's really the like very weird, oddly sexual tension. That to me is what does it. She like then it is like pats the shoe that he spit on fondly after he leaves. It's weird. No, it's not right. I didn't care for it. But he does leave saying, you make me laugh, Cadet Kelly. <laughs> and I think it might be the only time she's called Cadet Kelly because she's Cadet Collins. Kelly's her first name. So that's the title of the film, y'all. <laughs> and then so we, we go and we watch a full practice and they're all practicing without boots because she's still shining them. And then like we're just watching the drill team and Kelly finally gets it. She's like, that's when it hit me. This was like Swan Lake. Instead of tutus, everyone was wearing uniforms. But it was like she sees the beauty in Drill Team finally, which is nice. I'm glad she's, I mean, I don't really understand Drill Team for what it's worth. I'm like, what What do they get out of twirling the guns? What does that teach anybody? What, like, if you had a real gun, why would you twirl it? What What reason would you ever have to toss a gun in a twirl in a spin? You don't understand, Jahan. <laughs> oh no, I'm it's so hard. sorry. <laughs> I guess I just, it feels very dangerous and very unnecessary to me <laughs> if I were to be fully honest. <laughs> I mean, touche, but still. Anyway, it's know. beautiful. What we, what we learned here is that it's beautiful. <laughs> and so in the next scene, Carla and Kelly are talking. And again, sweet Carla, she says that she'll help Kelly out with like equipment and helping her clean equipment. And I'm like, this is her punishment. Like, why are you willing to do this? But Kelly's like, this is all what we're about. Like, we're we're about like helping people and like being in service. Carla says, you know, that the academy for her, like 
it's it's such a nice thing. It's it's heaven compared to where she came, comes from. And so I'm wondering, like, hmm, I would love to know more of a backstory on Carla and like what is her home situation like that this is heaven for her. Right. Um but we don't get that. And there's no real sense of family, but Kelly like hears that and is like, Well, do you want to come over for dinner on Friday? And that is like there's that Kelly charm, that Kelly shine, right? She like she leads with love, which is lovely. <laughs> I love that. But I agree. I don't think she should share. I don't think Carla should be helping her shine boots. That's not, even if Carla wants to help her, like, that's not your job, Carla. Kelly can handle it. But I think it's mostly just to keep Carla nearby in the scenes for the rest of the movie. (laughs) And the next scene, we're back with the spit and I don't care for it. (laughs) Brad walks into practice and Kelly's like, sir, may I borrow some spit? I promise to pay you back. Girl, it was the first time because I haven't seen this movie in a long time that I was like, "Ooh, I see this like kissing innuendo." Like, I know. I, not, I don't think I got that in two thousand two. I know, which is so funny because I definitely watched it in like twenty eighteen, and I don't remember getting it then. <laughs> he spits on the boot for her, and Jennifer is like, "Oh, absolutely not!" and steps up and is like hey, do you think you could help me work on my moves for our next meet? It's like this like back and forth with Kelly and Jennifer. Kelly and Jennifer both trying to keep his attention. Uh, and Kelly's like, oh, if you need luck for the meet, I always bring luck to things and people sometimes rub my head. And I was just like, Kelly, you're stupid. Kelly, <laughs> she's so funny and so stupid. <laughs> and honestly, just like feels very much like a little kid to me. Which is funny because she's supposedly also romantically attracted to this teen boy, but like she does not feel like this. She feels like very much younger than them, you know? And then Kelly starts to practice gun tosses. <laughs> she's bad at it. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I would say we see her in the locker room trying to practice, and you know, she's not that grateful. <laughs> but we digress. <laughs> The drill team after has an invitational practice meet against, is it Rawway High yes. School or Rawway Academy? Mm-hmm. In which Captain Stone or Jennifer, she like breaks her belt at some point, like trying to like buckle it, but mm-hmm. Kelly has spare, so it's all good. They lose and like back in the locker room, Captain Stone's like, this was terrible. Like, we need to practice, practice, practice. And Brown is out here being like, give it a rest. Like, <laughs> it's not our practicing. <laughs> we need a better routine. Yeah, he's like in the, you know, in the exhibition phase, we're as good as anybody. But like in the whatever unarmed phase, the like, I guess, basically the free for all one where there's a lot of marching and clapping. <laughs> Yeah. They need, he's like, we need like creativity, originality, inspiration. And what's weird is we didn't actually see their, that routine from them. We saw the other teams, but we didn't see mm-hmm. what their team did. And mm-hmm. I don't know why we were supposed to think it needs to be better when we haven't even seen it. But um, yeah, it's uh, very funny because also the other team that they showed in this scene was so much better than them that there was no contest to me. Like, I was like, why are we supposed to why did he say they were just as good in the exhibition phase? I watched them. No, you weren't. <laughs> but then Kelly, Kelly puts on a little show. And so in the locker room, it's just her and Brad. And she does like a little dance, hamming it up. He's like, what are you doing? And she's like, you know, just a little something I thought would cheer you up. And he's like, do it again. That's an order, which is cute. And I guess he sees some spark of something in her dance. So Kelly updates her to-do list. 
keep sir and mom's relationship going, shepherd a baby into the world, and win a drill team medal for Brad. And you know it. I have to do everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in the next scene, our girl goes to Gloria Ramos and tries to bribe her with accessories to like help her in exchange for helping her practice for drill team moves. Mm-hmm. And so we see Kelly and Ramos on the field trying to practice. Our girl Kelly is not great. Mm-hmm. Um, but we get a little montage of them like practicing and twirling and and doing their thing. And finally, you know, Ramos is like, I think you're ready for tryouts on Wednesday. It's all very exciting. Kelly gives her a hug and it's so cute. Yeah. And she does a little uh, like celebratory air guitar on her gun, which does feel very Kelly. Yeah. And so Kelly does the tryouts. Stone is like being all bitter and it's like, oh, like their cheerleader moves. There's flaws in her execution. She's just a hater. Like at this mm-hmm. point, straight up a hater. Mm-hmm. Um, And so, you know, they're going to announce the, the results or who made the team like the next day. And next day, Kelly's waiting for for the... I guess the announcements to post, but she gets a letter calling her into the off into Joe's office. And Joe proceeds to tell her in the office, he was like, oh, well, you know, I did not know about you trying out for the drill team. Like you tried out without my knowledge, but you made the team. <laughs> it's, it's really cute. And he tells her he's proud of her. And it's like, oh, this is probably a little bit of a part of why Kelly was doing this, right? Because we did see that he was like, We've seen him be very proud of the drill team. And I think she like kind of responded to that. Joe tries to give her a handshake to like kind of say congrats. And Kelly's like, sir, <laughs> you've got some things to learn too. <laughs> He's back with her royal we. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like, you know, is this is this where she goes through the list that's like, babies don't salute. <laughs> She's like, we have a baby to raise, sir. And then she says, yeah, we have a baby to raise, sir. And frankly, I think you're going to need my help. Babies can't salute. She goes through a list of like, you know, they're mushy and they sometimes stink and like all these other things. And so, you know, you see Joe melting a little bit and he's like permission to teach. So it's very sweet. Also, Kelly is carrying this family on her back. (laughs) (laughs) So in the next scene, we see Jennifer or Captain Stone. She's on the field and she's practicing, I guess, her unarmed moves or her, what did they call it? She's practicing. They look like step moves to me. Yeah, like, they, look they look a lot like, like step. Yeah, they look like step show moves. So she's on the field practicing her moves and Kelly sees her and like begins to like kind of study her and like mimic her moves. And this turns into like a step slash dance off. Like, at some point, it's just, like, the clapping and all this other stuff with the hands. But then we get some, like, moves. And, and it's like, what is happening here? Mm-hmm. Brad and and Ramos see them on the field. And Brad looks at these moves and goes, yes. <laughs> this is what we need for the exhibition for the regionals. And Captain Stone is upset because she's like, this is supposed to be my solo. Like, this is supposed to be my thing. And mm-hmm. he's like, you know, we need something new. 
which is again that solo we never saw we don't even know if she fucking sucked because they didn't show it to us and i don't know why (laughs) right um but he's like yeah it doesn't matter there was fire spirit our team like all the things our team needs more of and it's so clear that like he sees like kelly's like spunk as what their team needs more of and then we get into a military metaphor that i'll be honest i didn't understand (laughs) she's in the like military history class and they explain something that something is an advance to the rear i truly could not fucking tell you what this metaphor was supposed to be (laughs) but kelly's takeaway is that she needs to work with captain stone and she's like true like she's true she truly responds to whatever they teach like wow the things you learn in military school might apply to real life I suddenly understood why it might be good for me to work with Captain Stone or whatever. And I was like, sorry, I, I didn't understand. <laughs> but I, I, she understood it. And that's what's important. And so she goes up to Captain Stone and is like, this cadet has some really cool ideas about a routine that she'd like to share with the captain. And like, Jennifer is understandably like, well, I'm sure you told Brad. Because she keeps going over her head and we're like, basically be going to brad around her and she's like kelly presumably because of this military lesson i didn't understand finally understands how to like work with jennifer and she says ma'am no ma'am you are my partner and commanding officer i work with you and there's a breakthrough here because then they're like okay we work together now that's exciting dad's in town dad's back he's visiting also mom now can Things have changed. Time has passed. Mom is very pregnant and she apparently can cook and wear an apron correctly. We see a lot of really wonderful moments with the dad in this scene. He's very nice to Joe. He's like, nice of you to take such good care of our little girl. Um, So he's great to Joe. But we also see, I think Joe is a little bit jealous. It's not like voiced, but there is just like, there's such a closeness and an easiness with the dad and the mom and Kelly. And he's just like this like ramrod, you know, like. But like the dad has great news. His next article is actually going to be about climbing in the mountains upstate. So he'll actually be around for her drill competition. They're going to synchronize their watches. He will be there exactly at 11. So things are looking up. And it's serious because like Kelly's so excited. She wants to show dad their dad her moves and like, you know, how much she's grown. And they pinky promise. So like he has to be there. And so again, Joe seeing this, witnessing at seeing all this at the table. And you're right, there is a little look on Joe's face about like that he that they don't have this relationship, that this is the warmth that like he and Kelly are missing in their relationship. But in our next scene, it is the day of competition. And, you know, it's time. But as they're coming, as I think that are they coming off the bus or they're, yeah, they're coming off the bus. Brad is telling Kelly to like, go check the equipment. But behind Brad, she sees Amanda from her, from NYC. (gasps) And if you've forgotten who Amanda is, that wouldn't be surprising. We haven't seen her since the start of the movie, but it's her best friend. And she's so excited to see her. She runs up to her. She shows up and is like, how do like, why are you here? And she's like, oh, my mom called your mom. And she said, a car over, a car sent me here. And I was like, whoa, that was expensive. And then, I know. And then <laughs> Kelly goes and announces to everybody, everybody, this is Amanda, my best and truest friend. <laughs> and the look on Carla's face when Kelly says, this is her best and truest friend, distraught. <laughs> 
tell me why Carla just her facial expressions kill me there's a lot of like diagonal mouth moves that just like really made me sad like she's so cute and it's so sad and she's just like looks so disappointed and even like to the point that even Joe sees Carla like the expression on Carla's face and sees like that she is upset it's funny because <laughs> I do have a friend from college who quotes this like this is my best and truest friend <laughs> when I talk about other friends from oh wait she goes oh your best and truest friend <laughs> that's so funny because I would argue that I was the jealous jealous <laughs> friend it's incredible for you to have a different jealous friend given <laughs> that I was your jealous high school friend when you went off to college listen Avery's friendship is a hot commodity and it's important to compete <laughs> So I understood, I really, I really reacted to like this idea of like, that's how best friendship works. You like fuck up sometimes and forget that you have multiple. <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> okay, competition starting and dad's not here yet. But luckily, you know, we're, we're staying positive. The first phase is the inspection and that's where they like quiz you while you stand really still and move your gun around. And Kelly gets called out to answer questions and like move, like aces it. You know, she kills it. They get a perfect score. I mean, and to be fair, these questions are like, who is the commander in chief? And this was a question that Ramos had asked her like when they were first practicing. And she's mm -hmm. like, and had no idea what it was the first time. But this time she's able to answer, it's the president of the United wow. States. <laughs> Great going, Kelly. <laughs> the second question was a little harder. It was like, how do you, it was about gun moves and she had to then do them correctly. And she does, because Kelly's a star. We really just see Kelly, like this is now Kelly's element in a way I would never have said it was before. She's like thriving, she's acing it, she is nailing it. So I, I you see the progress she's made. Yes, but we are still concerned because Kelly's dad is not in the audience. And so at some point, you know, they, they've passed the inspection, they've done the, the military US facts pop quiz. Um, the team is all huddled together, kind of, I guess, for like the break or before like the next, mm -hmm. I guess the next event. And Kelly's phone rings because it's in her pocket. And like the team is freaking out because they're like, had this gone off? Like during the the last event, like we would have been disqualified and all this other stuff. And she like answers it because she's like, it's my dad. Like my dad is the only one that calls me on this phone. And she goes to answer and he doesn't pick up and the phone goes dead. Very scary. And so, you know, the team is still upset because they're like, dude, you could have got us like disqualified. Um, Kelly looks to Carla for support and Carla's like, get your truest friend to get you out of this one. And I was like, yo. <laughs> Carla's had it and to be fair you had Carla cleaning boots for you like right defending you in martial court volunteering to teach you all the military stuff like Carla's been to bat to you for you so many times in this movie like come on and to be fair Kelly is a very kind girl because she literally immediately says I wasn't thinking when I said that like this is one of the like most thoughtless things Kelly does because she's usually pretty thoughtful um but you're Honestly, I think Brad and Captain Stone are both really harsh to Kelly. And she's like, he only calls me on this phone when he needs me. It's our lifeline. So like, she is understandably concerned. And they're just like, they just like, are pretty like cold to this girl who's been, I think, 
a really stand-up member of their team. She is not like a troublemaker anymore, right? This is, to me, everybody's underreacting or reacting poorly. Joe comes by and wishes the team good luck. And he sees, like, it's very evident that Kelly is upset. And so this is the scene I honestly want to, like, roll the clip. (laughs) Win or lose, you're going to be great. Sir, yes, sir. What is it? It's nothing, sir. It's, It's nothing. I know you well enough to know it's never nothing. Talk to me, cadet. What's wrong? Sir, this cadet's worried that her father's hurt. Why, have you heard something? Sir, no, sir. But he's not here. And he promised he'd be here. You heard him? This cadet's father's known to take chances. His cell phone is out, and that never happens. When was the last time you heard from him? Um, he tried to call me a couple hours ago, sir. But the line went dead. What happens? Sir, yes, sir. But he's not here, and he knows how important this is to me. You want to go look for him? No, sir. This cadet will stay with her flight. This cadet will not let her team down. This cadet will not let you down. I just know something's happened to him, though. How do you know? I just know, okay? Let's go find him. Negative, sir. This cadet knows how important this competition is to the Commandant. This cadet knows her duty. And this cadet... cadet Major Rigby can handle it. They'll go down to three elements. This cadet also has a duty to her father. Let's go. Thank you, sir. It's so... It's, it's... He said he was going to be at Rockbridge. Only Point. Hillary Duff could do this. I, I just want to be clear. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Where is her Oscar? Where is her Oscar? <laughs> Only Hillary Duff could do this. And I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Why am I tearing up? It's the performance of a lifetime. And Hillary has given us countless incredible performances since. But these lines, I was like, incredible. Oscar. Yes. <laughs> yes. Why am I tearing up now? Like, I don't. It's good. Like, her delivery of these lines are just so great. And even though she's so like, no, I want to stay with the group. Like, I'll be okay. Joe's like, this cadet has a duty to her father. And so she and Joe like leave the event and go looking for her dad. And I will say they make what I would call an error in judgment, which is they don't tell anybody they're going. Wrong, yeah, no. They just leave. He's like, He's like, he basically says Brad will handle it. And I guess the way their the competition works is they have four, four elements. So four groups of kids and he's like, he'll take it down to three elements. Um, and so literally you see like Jennifer realizing that a group, like Kelly's not there. And like, they are literally like the fourth element has to stand down. So she, she was obviously she cared a lot. She didn't want to let that make that whole group of kids stand down in their competition, but also her father is in danger evidently also there is this moment right at the top of the scene where joe is like what's going on and she says it's nothing and he says i know you well enough to know it's never nothing and it's like he's it really is beautiful like 
they both have had really gorgeous arcs here. I think Kelly was always a wonderful girl and just a different kind of wonderful girl. And I do like the respect she's learned. I don't love that they've made her into a military girl. I don't care for that. But boy, is she thriving. The drama, the performance, the tears. I loved it. <laughs> it's such a beautiful moment. And it's, I, I think it's one of, like, like Johan said, Hillary has some great acting moments in her career, but like this one just incredibly stood out to me. I think that it's it's only something that Hillary could do. It's it's great. Because it is a tween that we know to be like a free spirit who is now like <laughs> just like so dedicated to this team and this stepfather and this world and it's like it's like such a specific character doing such a specific emotion. <laughs> like it is a tween who just started to believe in this stuff and believes in it. So uh, it's so earnest and it's, uh, we could go on and on. Anyway, <laughs> we get to the mountains and you know what? She was right. She finds an empty camera bag and then she finds her dad unconscious on a cliff face. <laughs> What the hell? And we knew this man was clumsy, but my gosh. When she's talking to, when he's asking, and when Joe is asking why she thinks this, she's like, this cadet's father is known to take risks. And I was like, what risk did he take that wound up with him on the side of a cliff? Help. We see her dad unconscious. And so Joe goes and like immediately calls like a rescue team to come and like gives them the coordinates of where they are. And she tells Joe, like, no, I'm going to, I can't just leave my dad down there. Like, I'm going to rappel down to go get him. Like, you can't go because, like, you're too heavy. Like, <laughs> it can only be me. And so I'm like, oh, all that training, all that training, such growth. Because if we recall, the last time we did the obstacle course, like, Kelly couldn't even go down. But now, you know, she's willing to rappel down and to go mm -hmm. save her father, like, uh, first of all, so she is literally rappelling down a cliff. I will say this is one of the worst stepfather decisions he could have made. You're letting her go down the cliff. I know it's what she wants and what she needs is she's trained for it and you believe in your military academy. This girl's mother is looking for her in a crowd of marching children. Like we cut back to the mom and Amanda like looking for her in the crowd and you're letting her go down the side of a cliff. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> and then she slips. The drama, the tension, but she's okay. She's okay. And the stakes are so high. The stakes are so good. The drama is at an all time high, Avery. I know. And we're cutting back and forth to her team killing it. And then she's like going down. And I will say the amount of time Kelly is suspended at the exact same spot on the cliff, <laughs> because it is not a very far distance down to her dad, but they act like it is like a, a mile. <laughs> Like, it's far enough that she would need to repel, but she is, like, stuck halfway for so long. <laughs> they keep cutting back and she's going down, but she's still at the same spot. And then the rope's too short. So our girl has to jump. <laughs> she drops down. She is my hero. I don't know a better woman. She has been my... What is the... What is the the Oprah quote about Gail <laughs> she's been my sister she's been my mother <laughs> stop <laughs> and she gets down and her dad is 
alive. And he's like, the first step's a newsie. <laughs> this man. The rescue team comes and eventually we, we manage to get dad, you know, off of this where he has fallen and onto a stretcher. Mm-hmm. And so... <laughs> I will say before we, I know uh, there's this moment where Kelly like inspects the stretcher. Like she knows shit about stretcher and she's like, ah, everything's in order. I was like, girl, you just learned about drill team. I promise you're not an EMT. <laughs> you just learned who the commander in chief is. Let's calm down. <laughs> let's, let's calm down. No, but you know, Joe tells Kelly good work and she salutes him. And rather than saluting him back or saluting her back, he opens his arms for embrace, waiting to give her a hug. And the Kelly's way like, I cried. <laughs> Kelly's like, he's ready to have a baby. Like this baby wasn't gonna come if he wasn't ready, ma'am. What? She got him, but I will say she got him into like she made him a father. Like he was, yeah. he was an authority figure but not a dad <laughs> and kelly got Touché. him there but yes Touché. he opens she like salutes him and he opens his arms and is like kelly like of course it's hug time stupid and it's so sweet and i do love these next lines because and i and i quote it goes so you know kelly's in the middle joe's on one hand dad is on the other on the other hand and she goes this is a photo op if only i had a camera I would show my dad and my dad, both brave, both safe, and both mine. And Joe goes, two dads. <laughs> and Kelly, Happy Pride Month, everybody! What? I mean, in any other circumstance, we'd be talking about, like, two, like, gay fathers. <laughs> but we're not. Like, this, this is the only no. circumstance in which, like, we're not. <laughs> And yeah, so Joe goes to dads. And Kelly, you can have two best friends. <laughs> so beautiful. Beautiful. And so Kelly like hears that. And he's like, it's so funny because he's like advising her on friendship. He's doing the dad thing. And Kelly mm-hmm. notices because she's like, he went into father mode so quickly that the like the first time she ever says it in a narration, maybe I didn't have to do everything. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Okay, thank you, Kelly. Yes, you don't. You're a child. (laughs) But I also think it's very funny that she says that directly after literally rappelling down a cliff to save the day. I was like, is that what you learned? Is that what you're taking away from this? Because it feels like you just did do everything. (laughs) I'm glad she learned it, but it's a little late. (laughs) Meanwhile, at the event, Brad and Jennifer think that Kelly isn't going to show. And they're just like, ugh. Jennifer starts to go into that, like, I knew this, like, would happen. But sure enough, she does show up. (laughs) And she's right behind them. They're five points down. So they basically need Kelly and Jennifer to win it all. Mm -hmm. It's this or a miracle. And yes, Kelly shows up. She's right behind them. And I will say, once again, the the command, like, the commandant excuses her. He's like, she has been, she was excused from the exhibition stage. But they don't offer any reason they don't say oh yeah my dad fell down a cliff i had to go rescue him i just got back they don't tell anyone anything (laughs) and but brad brad doesn't even question it he just looks psyched but jennifer is very very mad (laughs) yeah and in this scene with her coming back kelly does make up with carla and it's like 
you know, I'm sorry to say what I said. It's not that I like her better. I've just liked her longer. And that's very similar to what her mom said about like (laughs) when she announced about having this baby. It's like, I'm not going to love you less. It's just, you know, I've loved you longer. So very sweet. I love that phrasing. I think that's really nice. Terrible for a younger sibling to be like, oh, you've always loved my my brother longer. What the hell? (laughs) (laughs) I am a youngest sibling and I don't approve. (laughs) Dear Lord. <laughs> also, Avery, how many friends have you loved longer than me? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Fans, I want to be clear. I had mentioned my friend, my elementary friend in high school. How dare you? Not take it well. How dare you? <laughs> there was a one-sided vendetta that went on entirely for too long. <laughs> I wish Where Jahad I... was fuming and the other girl didn't know she existed. It was How dare she not know I <laughs> I do think it was mostly a joke and it was very funny to me only. <laughs> it was one of those things where I committed to the bit so hard. I had just been angry for four years. <laughs> Y'all, it's time. The moment is here. It's time for them to do their routine. And Jennifer is still furious. She's like, we have a lot of ground to make up because of you. And you know what, Kelly, can't, you can't keep a good Kelly down because she goes, it's a good thing we're excellent at this. Avery, what song is playing? I'm a one girl revolution. <laughs> and our girls kill it. I will say, I have no idea if this is good. We have no standard for what this should look like or what a good performance is, but it's very cute. <laughs> Can I just say, because I had not seen this movie in such a long time. And you know how people on the internet and on like TikTok and Twitter talk about the Save the Last Dance routine that Julia Stiles does for the Juilliard audition? And people have gone back to be like, this routine was absurd and totally doable. Like, what the hell was this? I I kind of felt that way. And rewatching this routine, I was like, what are we doing here? <laughs> That's like when they had the dance off earlier in the movie. I was thinking of it of the Bring It On with Hayden Panettiere, where uh, where she does the crumping. Yes, I was like, where it's like this dance off doesn't have very much good dancing off. Where it's like, at least in Jump In, you really see eventually them doing some cool dancing and jumping. I'll be honest, this is very simple. It's cute. It is very cute, but it is like. I kind of wish we had a friend who like did any sort of ROTC or drill team stuff to come on the show and grade this because it's cute. I have no idea if it would have been well received. Like I'm just going based off the script and the movie in front of me where they want us to believe this is very good because it's very unique. And because Kelly brought her Kelly spin to it and Jennifer brought her side to it, it's something special. But what it is, is it's two girls stepping and wiggling. (laughs) And we also got some ribbons. I will say, they yes, and then they got the ribbons, which I have to say feels like it's not uniform in the slightest. (laughs) But yes, it is taught, I did feel like that was the most, to me, that's the most iconic moment of this movie. When you ribbon, when like Cadet Kelly ribbon dances at a military competition. That's what I remember most clearly. So, audiences cheer. Apparently, this was good. Everybody <laughs> loved it. Or hey. so we think. Hey. <laughs> we'll take their word for it. <laughs> and so, you know, it's time to announce, you know, winners of 
the tournament or the exhibition or, you know, yada, yada. And so they say that this is the closest competition that they've ever had. And the winner won by literally one point. Who's our winner, Jahan? Rawway Academy. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> and I will say, I honestly, because again, it has been so long since I've seen this movie. I was shocked when they didn't win. <laughs> I couldn't remember if they won. However, we know third place was the best they'd ever done before. So they take the silver, which is now the best the school has ever done. Yes. Again, I guess it's one of those movies where it's like, oh, what what movie had a similar thing where it's like, it's the journey. Cloud nine. So she wins cloud nine, but the boy, the boy is like better luck. I'll do better next year. Right. Yes. Yes. It's one of those like, oh, the, the journey was better than the destination, yada, yada. But I am kind of hurt that they did win. <laughs> I know. I will say, I don't know that I agree with it in this movie. Um, Friend of the show who we mentioned, truly every show, Carrie Crowley um, has this like, I think it's a trope she talks about a lot where it's like you lose, but the lesson is more important than the winning or like the lesson you take away is more important than the winning. Like bring it up, right? This feels like first. I think bring it on, it makes a lot of sense for them to lose. (laughs) In this movie, I think it would have made some sense for them to win because, well, I guess the only reason it makes sense for them to lose is for this wonderful line where because Kelly's like, it's my fault. If I hadn't have, and Jennifer cuts her off and it says, yes, if you hadn't have joined the team, we never would have gotten this far. And I was like so proud of how far those two girls have come. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm weeping. So I, I appreciate getting that line, but I also agree where it's like, why they could have won. I don't know that I needed the journey this time. <laughs> yeah. And so I guess Kelly's all excited because she's like, oh, we can work out with our routines next year. Like next year we're going to win it. And I guess this is, you know, a, a transformation because Kelly is excited about the the prospect of next year. But Jennifer, Captain Stone, admits that her father is being transferred to to Europe and she will be here next year. What? Why is this happening? Tell me why this happens. <laughs> I don't know. I honestly have no idea and the only thing that comes out of this is stone saying like my only wish is that you become a platoon leader next year and have to deal with someone just like you she called it's a little maggot just like you and it's just like but like why end the movie with the girl movie i i think the better ending is if you end with them being excited about next year then i think yeah. the loss i could I, I could handle the loss but for them to lose and then for Jennifer to move so she'll never get first, oh, that's not right. Yeah. I don't I don't care for it. But also uh, Captain Stone salutes her and Kelly being Kelly gives her a big old hug. <laughs> <sighs> what a delight. And that's our movie. That's our movie. I think it's pretty clear. I loved it. We taught, it's just so fun. It's so sweet. I don't care for military school, but if I'm gonna have to, I don't care for the military, but if I'm gonna have to like face it, it's gonna be in the form of Cadet Kelly, right? Like, I think a lot of people on Twitter have been talking about how like, oh, Top Gun is military propaganda? I didn't realize or whatever. And I do feel like it's like, Cadet Kelly is military propaganda? It's like, but who cares? It's Cadet Kelly. It's like 
This is bigger than you or me or the military industrial complex. This is like Kelly Collins growth as a person. Okay. <laughs> That's what matters. Oh my word. <laughs> my country tis of the cadet Kelly. <laughs> I don't know what I just said. <laughs> I don't. Help. Thank you. Um, you loved it. I was in tears. Adam. <laughs> yes. Take us away to Adam's corner. What did you think of this movie? I was not in tears, but I this kind of awoken my adult brain to Hilary Duff's acting. As I was telling you two before we started recording, I watched some of this Disney stuff as a kid. Um, but of course I was, you know, watching the boy stuff and Lizzie McGuire was in all the girl stuff. So I didn't actually see her and I probably wouldn't have appreciated the acting anyway. But now that I'm watching this as an adult, this is, she's like one of the best actors of this generation. It seems like, I mean, I have to consume more of this. I mean, Everyone in this movie is so great. And uh, yeah, I kind of share that the sentiment that Jehan had of, I don't like the plot resolving with her becoming the military kid, but it's it's fine. It's, it's fine. It's whatever. Um, I'll quote one of my reviews here. By the end of the movie, I was saying, saving private Ryan Ware, the Hurt Locker <laughs> what? American Sniper whom? And yeah, this was, this was great. This was really right. awesome. <laughs> This is the only military propaganda we support. We also like Top Gun, but like, it's not the same. Um, And with that being said, I'll I'll run through some of these reviews. This is kind of a mixture from Google and Letterboxd, which I found uh, has some pretty funny ones. I think that one I just read is from Letterboxd. This is from Kayla R. She says, I really love this movie. I really do enjoy this Disney film. Everything about this film is amazing, and I hope that all the others will enjoy the film to as much as I do. But the best thing about it was because it is actually based on an actual story, which makes this movie a hundred times better. And credits to, colon, Hilary Duff, exclamation point, Christy Carlson, exclamation point, Sean Ashmore, exclamation point, Amy Garcia, exclamation point, Gary Cole, exclamation point. Andrea Lewis, exclamation point. Sarah Gadon, exclamation point. Linda Cash, exclamation point. Ashley Lagarde, exclamation point. Josh Whitting, exclamation point. Martin Roach, exclamation point. Nigel Hammer, exclamation point. You all did a fantastic job as playing your roles, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. <laughs> that was one of my favorite ones just because they list all the actors. This next one is from someone named Twigs. I think this is from Letterboxd. They say, why would I watch the new Top Gun movie? So kind of calling out letter uh, uh, Top Gun there. This is a three-star one. KDR says, kind of like this movie, but it stresses me out that it basically says that being older means you can do things to the younger kids, but they can't retaliate. Stone's dress gets ruined accidentally. Kelly gets punished. Stone tears apart Kelly's blanket. Nothing happens. It doesn't matter. Like, dude. Kayla W says... I love Cadet Kelly. I watched it five times since 2014. It's an amazing movie because of Hilary Duff and Sean Ashmore. You should also watch Lizzie McGuire, the Lizzie McGuire movie and a Cinderella story. Fair enough. Peyton N says, the greatest movie you will ever see, 10 out of 10, changed my life. 
I'm going to a military school now. Oh, no. No, that's not what we want. <laughs> I would rather you go to the art school. That seemed like a fun place. They don't they don't have desks, apparently. <laughs> Math is an option at the other school. Michaela M., this is a three-star one as well. Being a kid, I thought this was amazing, but being in JROTC years later, I was so upset. OMG, I swear if you ever called a rifle a G, I guess that means a gun, uh, you'll get smoked. I'm not sure what that means either, but probably not good. Not smoked? Yeah, I I, I don't know if that, I don't know if that's yelled at or literally being shot in the head. And this final one is from Liliana B. This is a one star review saying, well, I know nothing about this movie. Well, yeah. I don't think they watched the movie. Huh. Uh, my favorite one was the Saving Private Ryan Ware, Hurt Locker, What American Sniper Who. That was great. I think that was Letterboxd. So thank you, Hope, from Letterboxd. And that's all I've got. I'm off to watch some more Lizzie McGuire now. Yes. Well, I love Lizzie McGuire. And the Lizzie McGuire movie, when we eventually get to it, is it a decom? It is, right? It is not. Didn't it it's come out theatrical release. Mail? Okay, yeah, but it, it's like within the pantheon of decom, so I presume we'll talk about it one day and um, yes. more of Hillary Duff at doing the best. Um, before we get into cast, I wanted to talk a little bit about, I feel like we always jump into cast and then we leave like the themes of the movie and our takeaways that we really liked a little okay. late, maybe. It is one of those things where you, in the same way that, you know, like 13 going on 30 was created or like Jennifer Garner was cast because she was so charming herself, like in her Emmy speech for Alias that like they like knew she could pull off that role. I feel like similarly about Hilary Duff in this role, I guess this is, I'm talking about cast anyway, because, but I just feel like this character and this story are so sweet and so charismatic. And I just think she really shines in it. And as much as I love Christy Carlson Romano, who, as we've said earlier, like does a really great job in this, it's like Hillary's movie, which is wild because you already think she owns something in the form of like Lizzie McGuire. She has her character, but this character, like she lights up in two. And uh, so I guess I did talk about cast anyway. So let's get into cast. <laughs> we gotta, and I, I, you told me that I had to save this for when we were actually recording, but I know that we use the terms icon, queen. I know we use this term very loosely, but I feel like Hilary Duff was the girl like mm -hmm. of the early 2000s when you Absolutely. think about that vanity fair that like iconic vanity fair cover with like mm -hmm. mandy moore the olsen twins amanda vines like raven simone like hillary duff is there of course <laughs> because i mean she was it and i think this movie just just really hones that in that this girl was our it girl of the early 2000s. She is the moment. And what I really love about this character in this movie and Lizzie McGuire also is that they're tweens, right? Like Hilary Duff would also age into being a teen it girl, but like she's so good at tween roles. And I do feel like that's like that piece of like that age group that sometimes you like age up a little or you age down a little, but like she really nails like the, the, 13 or 14 year old she's like so good at the she was a middle school it girl which i don't think you get many of right like i feel like Lindsay lohan you had her as an elementary school like basically like parent trap was a little bit like young for a middle school it girl and then she went straight to being a high school it girl by my like she was in like confessions of a teenage drama queen but hillary was a middle school it girl and i don't feel like we have many of those and it was really something special it's so funny that you say that too because 
with the ending of, and you know what? I have a bone to pick with Netflix. With the ending or cancellation of Babysitter's Club, there was a whole article that came out about like, we are missing this age gap. You're right. That there's things for the younger elementary school girls. And then we jump immediately into into high school. And like, but there's that, it's that sweet spot of like middle school slash teens that like we just constantly ignore or skip over. And mm-hmm. I feel maybe that's why I love this movie so much because mm-hmm. it's it's back at a time where like, we had that and we don't have that anymore. Babysitter's mm-hmm. Club, I highly recommend to all. It is beautiful. I have cried. I have tweeted. I loved that show so much. And I hate that they canceled it because I think they were doing something really great with that show. Mm-hmm. But I, I do think that it reminds me of this. Right. You you know, um, I couldn't agree more. I work in kids TV. I work on a show for ages six to nine, about 10 to 11 year olds, right? Young middle schoolers. And that's like, honestly, the oldest my company works on. We're a preschool company. We do Blue's Clues. We do Daniel Tiger. We So like Karma's World is on the older end of our range. But like something I talk about a lot at work and outside of work is that, yeah, we're missing that audience. And I think the early 2000s cared so much about us as middle school girls. Mm. They re- like, I don't know why it was, but they saw like the value in us as an audience and they celebrated us. They gave us Lizzie McGuire. They gave us Unfabulous. They gave us they gave us this they gave us cadet kelly right they gave us so much content and i feel like there's this like maybe girl meets world recently that's not even that recent that did a little bit of middle school girl content like disney still disney still occasionally i think will put out a middle school show like andy mack like Mm -hmm. so they still do it and andy mack to be fair was also the creator of lizzie mcguire so there's that Uh, but it's like in general there is like yeah there's this audience that they don't care about and i it's weird. Like, I, there's also this other thing where it's like they talk about how girls age out of like animation. So they stop making animated content for them and start making it for boys after only after a certain age. It's like, well, they probably age out of it because you're not making them content yeah. <laughs> in the same way. Like, you're like, it's like what they, they just want girls to go watch teen stuff, I guess. And they just like, or they, it's I think the middle school girls are so creative and so fun and I had a lot of fun being one and it's stressful and it's hard and it just like oh they're they're a pretty special audience and a sad one to miss so yes Hillary Duff our queen our middle school girl we're lucky to have her lucky to have her and Brenda Song and those hallowed few <laughs> yeah so I yeah. totally agree I totally agree. And I, uh, I love this movie. Even if she is a freshman, she's a very young freshman. I don't know if I yeah. believe her to be a freshman. <laughs> yes. So we, we talk about Hilary Duff being the it girl because my gosh, she really was everywhere. We've talked about Lizzie McGuire. We've talked about Lizzie McGuire movie, but there's just so much stuff that comes after that too. We get, I mean, I'm running through her IMDb, but like Agent Cody Banks, Cheaper by the Dozen, A Cinderella Story, Material Girls, The Perfect Man, Raise Your Voice. I mean, like she was like consumed, like she was in everything. Like we couldn't get enough of her. I don't know if you remember this, Jahan. Remember in 2011 when she like co-wrote a book series? I do. And we were the only (laughs) two people reading it in the entire world. (laughs) I just distinctly remember because it was 2011 so it was like summer before we went off to college and I distinctly remember taking my brother to like his physical therapy because he had like 
I don't know, he had done something with his knee. And I'm like, I had to drive him and I'd be sitting in the waiting room reading Elixir. Like, that's what I distinctly remember of that summer. I honestly could not tell you a single moment out of that book. I have no idea what happens, but I do remember the purple. I remember the purple book cover and like the flower. And I remember getting it from the library. Like, I remember reading it. I have no idea what happened, but I remember reading it. <laughs> it, it is very funny because I do feel like I'm sure the ghostwriter handled a lot. And it was just like Hillary had an idea for a... <laughs> well, no, it, they make it clear that she co-wrote it. So it's like Elisa somebody, but it was like mm-hmm. Hillary Duff was the, the, the big name mm-hmm. on the cover. Of course, of course. Um, yeah. I gotta reread it. <laughs> I know, right? I kind of want to go back and reread it to be like, what was this about? <laughs> but yes, Hillary, of the many DCOM stars, Hillary has had, I think, one of the richest and most successful transitions to adult stardom. There was obviously younger, but she, like, she likes to be st- a star on a, like, network like a a star on a successful sitcom for like seven seasons and now she's been handed the reins over at how i met your father do i think it's going to be good no but am i glad they used hillary duff absolutely (laughs) she's just everywhere and like truly i mean everywhere she has like a line at glasses usa that gets advertised to me all the time and it's like what is hillary not dipping her toe into And I mean, she's such a busy mom. She has three kids. Luca Cruz, her first son, is, you know, famously our godson. I don't know if the fans know that. (laughs) Yes, he was born and we decided and nobody's denied or addressed it since. So I presume he's still our godson. Um, I I think we took such like ownership of him because I I do want to say that I think Hilary Duff was like one of the first. I, I mean, I can't confirm this, but I felt like she was one of the first big decom stars who, like, got married and, like, had a baby. Like She had this baby at 24. Like, she yeah. was very yeah. young. Like, she was very young, and she started a family very young, and she's been married twice and, like, now has, uh, yeah, like you said, two more kids. And it just, like, she, um, and it's, I think that's something child stars often do, where it's, like, you are an adult so young, but she, I think there's many ways people push up against like child stardom and we always celebrate the ones who like kind of make it into adult stardom because I don't think there, I don't think there is a lot of help or support or community for these child actors who like are forced into adulthood so early. And Hillary did that, but in a different way than some of the other stars you've seen fall. Like she got married really young and started a family really young, transitioned to adult celebrity really, really well. She is Still a very, very big celebrity, I feel like. She's a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. I love her so much. I will probably be supporting her for the rest of my life. (laughs) I could not agree more. Avery and I have been Hillary diehards for so long. I wish Avery was on Instagram because I'm just there looking at pictures of her adorable children who all look exactly like her and nothing like her husband's which I think is so funny um (laughs) just these three little blonde angels (laughs) um she the thing is she's like such a star like she's like really touched down and everything she was even like an iconic like villain on Gossip Girl that's how good she is she shows up everywhere like but yeah I um oh we can't forget Beauty and the Briefcase. (laughs) 
How could I forget? I, okay, I'm not even going to say how many times that I've actually watched that movie because I really do love it so much. I think I have seen it maybe like four or five times. Because, yeah, there was this moment in the early 2010s when she was, I think, starting her family and having this baby where I think she kind of backed off of big stardom in the way we know her to know it. And like maybe other people thought she disappeared for that time, but not to Avery and I, because we were doing things like reading Elixir. We were doing things like watching Beauty and the Briefcase. (laughs) And you know what? We'll follow her anywhere. (laughs) Listen, listen, I really will. And then in 2014, she was cast as Kelsey Peters in Younger. And I don't know how that show continued as long as it did, because I really feel like sometimes only my friends were watching it. But boy, do we all love it. I will admit, I was late on the train. I I was very late to it. Jahan was telling me for years, all through college, like, you have to watch this show. It's phenomenal. And I was like, ah, I'm watching other things. But I think it was, like, truly during the pandemic, I, like, sat and binged all six seasons. <laughs> and was like, this show is amazing. I can't look away. <laughs> it's really, really good. It's from the creator of Sex and the City. And it's, like, about Sutton Foster's character, who is a woman who pretends to be like in her mid-20s to get a job because she's considered aged out of the job market and she's been a been raising busy raising her daughter and I just like Hillary again shines in that she's just like playing like this girl boss who's really nice and it's like oh yeah Hillary has the charisma to just like play a really nice character so believably I feel like and like so charismatically it's never boring you're happy to watch Hillary be nice I feel like she can also do Mean Girls. I'm sure. I feel like she could do any of the like Ashley Tisdale style Mean Girls. But why? But, but she's excellent at nice. It's also younger. Also, like I think she'd had adult roles before that, but younger also really made her like an adult actress in a successful sitcom for adults. And it also made her like her character was sexy. Her character like wasn't a, like it had so like. I mean, she had been treated as a sex symbol for years. Like I think her song when she like Stranger or whatever when she. 17 was like a very sexy music video but to me this was like more of like Hillary is an adult now and I hate that we never got the Lizzie McGuire revival like Mm -hmm. we wanted to because you know as famously known like we were in production we were starting things we had pictures released we were ready to go and then it was like oh there was they didn't want Lizzie McGuire to grow like they wanted her to like be this tween and it was like no Lizzie McGuire is a full-grown adult and therefore should have a story arc Mm -hmm. that is like reflects that and Disney was not having it and we canceled it and we're upset but Mm -hmm. it's okay because our girl is still working and yeah yeah I I wanted a How I Met Your Mother reboot when I was younger. I don't want it now the way I want a Lizzie McGuire reboot, right? Like That's true. I would prefer <laughs> the Lizzie McGuire show. I think the Lizzie McGuire show has more room for something exciting. How I Met Your Father, I'm, I hope it's good. I did not care for the episodes I watched. But again, it's the old, I guess I got to watch it because I did just say I would follow Hillary anyway. <laughs> and then, I mean... This, for us, I feel like this How I Met Your Father show came at a cost, right? Because remember, there was talks of a younger spinoff where, like, mm-hmm. she would be the main character. Her character, Kelsey, mm-hmm. the show ended, no spoilers, but yes, spoilers, um, with her, like, moving to L.A. and, like, getting a job there. And there were talks of, like, oh, we're going to, like, rebuild this whole show around her. 
And mm-hmm. so, but it was like, that was happening. Lizzie McGuire reboot had just been canceled. There was talks of How I Met Your Father. And it was like, whoa, Hillary can't do both. Or we can't do all. So like something's got to give. And so, yeah. Yeah. I I know we're like really just talking up a storm about Hillary. And we kind of completely lost the plot a little bit. But I do just want to say like, yeah, Hillary is the kind of star that like, can have basically three TV shows up for grabs at the same time and be trying to figure out which to go for because you, she's our leading lady, baby. <laughs> and I think a certain like younger millennial will follow her anywhere because she's Lizzie McGuire was such a wonderful show that was so silly and so sweet. She was never like, it was like a very, she's always played these like quirky and spunky characters that I think like middle school girls could relate to and tween girls could relate to so I think there's a loyalty and a that the industry kind of realizes in putting her in How I Met Your Father but doesn't realize the power of in that like not utilizing it to really give her a powerhouse show like Lizzie McGuire or the younger spinoff I love her but yeah so she is also a very talented musician who has given us a perfect album in the form of Metamorphosis so you know give that a listen if you want to hear Hillary's best her music since then has not quite hit for me but Maybe maybe that's something to do, Hillary. Let's talk about Christy Carlson Romano. I would love to talk about Christy Carlson Romano. Christy, it's so interesting, right? Because both of them were coming up in Disney at the same time. And mm-hmm. and both of them, like Lizzie McGuire was happening, but also Christy Carlson Romano played Ren in Even mm-hmm. Stevens. And like that was such a big show. She also was our voice of Kim Possible. <sighs> Star. I rewatched, yes, I rewatched all of Kim Possible last summer and like truly had a blast. Like, I did not realize how much I absolutely love that show. I don't know if I've talked about it recently, but like just in working in kids' TV, I like when I used to apply to jobs and stuff, I'd be like, like, Kim Possible is the show I would love to make, right? That's like, it's so good. If Hillary's like an icon of DCOMs, Christie's not far behind. She's like pretty, she's up there too. That's why this movie is like such a big deal because it's like a clash of the titans, am I right? But um, <laughs> honestly, if you want to know anything about Christy Carlson Romano's career, you could probably go to YouTube and hear it because she like over the past like 18 months or so basically released a lot of vlogs of her walking and talking about different questions of her career. Like, do I still have a relationship with Shia LaBeouf? Do I like what happened to all my money? Because like people are like, sorry, why are you not like a millionaire? And she's like, what did I spend all my Disney Channel money on? And I've watched a number of these, particularly what did I spend all my Disney Channel money on? And the answer is college, but also she did give a lot of money to a psychic when she was in a bad place, like thousands of dollars lost to a psychic. So highly recommend those videos. So the thing is, Christy Carlson Romano was a musical theater actress. And like, basically, when she got ran, everyone like told her, don't go to L.A. You'll be a Disney Channel actress. Your career is going to be over. And instead, she went and she had a had huge success. And I do think the way she talks about her career, there is some regret. She claims she doesn't regret anything. But I think she's like, should I have stayed and become a musical theater star? Because she was like, I could have been Anne Hathaway. People were always talking about how Anne Hathaway and I looked alike. And I was like, why is this something you're saying right now? I don't want to recount all of her vlogs. I just thought it was very funny. Yeah. And I mean, I, I have they come up on my Facebook. So I, too, have like paused a moment or two. But she does talk about like Princess Diaries being a thing, too, where like, they were or like she wanted to audition for it 
she wasn't allowed to audition for it it went to Anne like mm-hmm. so I feel I don't know I feel like they were coming up at the same time and like were comparable like yeah and the thing is yeah. she also she like Anne Hathaway can sing and did come up in theater and is very talented so it's like right there's all these actors you can see who made it and like Christy got to a certain level and was like one of the most successful Disney people like to have even Stevens and Kim Possible and be in DCOMs you know you're getting a lot you're you're doing a lot on uh, on Disney but um I think she she chose to go to college and also like I think had some struggles around that time too so she basically spent all her money on college she said and she also went on to play be Belle on Broadway which is really cool and I think a, de- a role deserving of her like she's a talented actress who deserves the role and it's like but why doesn't that like then transform into more and I'm not sure and on I don't know if Christie's entirely sure either I think it's just like a few missed opportunities I would happily speak success into the existence for Christy Carlson Romano let's Jahan effect I don't even think she I think she's old enough to play Disney Channel moms and they'd let her but I think she's ready for uh, I don't know I'd love to see her like in something lead something cool that said avery and i do have to acknowledge campus confidential i didn't think we were gonna bring it up (laughs) i just i didn't i don't want to besmirch our girl but this is a made for abc family movie that was how often do avery and i turn something off this is the only time This, I mean, th- I mean, again, fans, think about Beauty and the Briefcase. This is the early aughts where, like, these these ABC Family original movies are coming out. What was the other one? There's one with Raven Simone that I, Revenge of the Bridesmaids. Like, this is around that time where, like, Disney mm-hmm. Channel stars who were formerly on Disney Channel are now in this older space and, like, have kind of made that jump to, like, old enough. But, like, I still want my age group to, I don't know. But mm-hmm. there's there's this early aughts of Beauty and the Briefcase, Revenge of the Bridesmaids, where like Disney Channel stars are making these movies. Mm-hmm. Campus Confidential, Shahan and I attempted to watch at her house and we didn't finish. <laughs> also, Campus Confidential implies, I think, a college movie. And it was, in fact, a high school movie. But it made no sense. We just couldn't do it. We were like 20 minutes in and we were like, oh, no, I don't even know what the movie is about. <laughs> I couldn't tell you. Um, I think there was a newspaper. I don't know. The other thing she's done um, that I think like mid 2000s made for movie, made for TV movie fans will like are she was in a couple of the cutting edge movies, those ice skating movies. Never quite like caught on. I do think her vlogs have gained quite like an audience and like a like a, people like tweeting about them and being like, I would watch Christy Carlson Romano walk through those woods for hours and stuff like that. And I think it's very funny. She wrapped up that vlog. She also wrapped, I think she's moving, switching over to a podcast maybe, but like she, is. Mm-hmm. she, you know, keeps it moving and grooving. She's always, I will say she is always hustling and she does seem able to support her family, which is good. Yes. I was going to say that she does have two kids. Yeah. She's married with two kids and um, she's a star. I want more for her. And I do think she really wants Disney to come back for her. So I hope they do. But I, again, I don't want it to just be a mom. She could be, not that there's anything wrong with playing a mom. She'd be a great mom, like the same way Raven and Annalise Vanderpool went back and played moms. But I think she'd have so much fun with like a villain or something. Anyway, let her thrive. Um, I know we are going over because of how much we love those two actresses. So let's quickly get into Sean Ashmore. Sean Ashmore, like we said, what a heartthrob. He's everything I want in a boy. Cute, Canadian, like 
listing all the things. We talked about fun fact that he has a twin, Aaron Ashmore, who is also an actor. So sometimes it gets a little confusing about like, (laughs) who are you watching and what? I Mm -hmm. am really shocked that he made this movie because we talked about this movie came out in 2002. But I also want to point out that X-Men, like live action X-Men with with Hugh Jackman had come out in 2000 and he played Bobby slash Iceman and like mm-hmm. continued to play him for like the next sequels and other movies. So it's, I'm wondering, like, I'm always in the back of my mind being like, well, did he film this first and this came out later? Like, how did this work? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, he was like in one of the biggest movies of the time and like two years earlier. So yeah, that feels like... Maybe he just wasn't sure that X-Men would be a hit. Who knows? I, yeah, I don't know. But since then, he has done a lot of TV. And most recently, I think his he was in, he's been playing in The Rookie, which is that ABC show. So he's been like consistently getting work and doing the things. Uh-huh. He, he has. He's been like, yeah, he's been working. So has his twin for what it's worth. Both very busy actors. I think um, another big one is Gary Cole, who I think is like, I think I've referenced this before. There is this group of like 60-ish year old white men with gray hair who I think you can shuffle into like so many. (laughs) They're very talented, but they like, like they kind of play a handful of the same roles. One of them's like Steven Weber, I think his name is. And it's like, you might see them show up as a doctor on Grey's Anatomy or as a dad or as an uncle in a show. And they're like, Gary Cole is one of them. However, Gary Cole is also on Veep. And he is so good. And he makes me laugh so much. This man has had a 40 year, like he's a TV staple. He has been working on TV for 40 years. I went through his IMDb and it truly is phenomenal. So I knew him from Kent in Veep and love him. So funny. As I'm watching Kim Possible last summer and listening to Dr. Possible, I'm like, oh, this voice sounds really familiar and realize that he plays the voice of Dr. Possible and Kim Possible. Oh my he, goodness. I mean, the, the list goes so on and on. So like his first show came out in the eighties and it was called Midnight Caller. And I kind of want to watch this show, Shahan, because the premise is, and I quote from INDB, an ex cop hosts a late night talk radio program while getting involved in his listeners problems in his off time. Oh. I love this. I want this. Someone mm-hmm. put this on a platform because I would watch it. But he's also, I mean, he also played in like The West Wing, which was like a gigantic show. In Veep, does a lot of voice acting in Family Guy and Big Mouth and Bob's Burgers. Like he's just in everything. He's been in everything. <laughs> Office Space, he's like, I see gifs of him from Office Space still, right? He's the annoying, he's one of the annoying guys. <laughs> It's not descriptive, but it's, uh, and then he's now, I guess I didn't realize this and it, I'll be honest, I'm sure the money is really, really good, but I think Veep has proven to me that he is so funny that he could do so much comedy and stuff, but he, um, he's on NCIS now he's taken over for Mark Harmon. I am sure get being the star of the, one of the biggest dramas on network TV pays very well, but I think he's better than NCIS. <laughs> And that, that if this does reveal to our audience that my ranking is like DCOMs high above NCIS, that's very, I'm sorry. I am who I am. And I have my standards. He is a staple and I, I wouldn't be surprised if he showed up in 
Grey's Anatomy one day because I feel like every one of those gray-haired men staples I spoke of goat ends up there eventually. He's amazing. Great work, sir. Yeah. Andrea Lewis, who played Carla, she was in... So I didn't watch Degrassi, but she was in Degrassi the next generation oh. for like four years. And then I started to see a pattern because I was like, well, Sean is Canadian. Andrea is mm. Canadian. And found out that this movie was filmed in Canada. So I see, I see. So maybe it was like Sean was between X-Men and who was able to stay near home. That's nice. <laughs> gotcha. Yes. Sarah Gaddon. I hope I'm saying her name right. The one who played Amanda. She's also Canadian. She does a lot of voice acting, so she's in, like, total drama, <laughs> which is a show I believe my brother loves. I saw her, or I guess the thing that, like, most clicked in my brain was seeing her IMDb was that she was in the 2013 movie Bell, which was, like, a period piece, which I absolutely loved. She, yeah, she's not, like, in, she doesn't have huge roles in these other DCOMs, but she is in The Other Me and Phantom of the Megaplex as, like, small roles, so she's like weirdly like a decom triple threat, but like a decom side character triple threat, you know, like yes. m- tiny character triple threat. <laughs> I saw her. She has a credit as cousin Vicky in Life with Derek. <laughs> well, you know, speaking of Life with Derek, you know who apparently is in this movie that I did not recognize, but the internet says she's in it. And one the review Adam read says she's in it. Casey from Life with Derek. Yeah, I did not see her in this movie and would love to go back and find where she is. I think she might be like one of the like an, a girl. She's just one of the girls. She doesn't matter is what we're learning. <laughs> Who's also big is Amy Garcia. Who I was played gonna, yeah. Gloria Ramos. She does a, a hell of a lot of TV. She's in so much TV. It's wild. She was in the George Lopez show. She's in she was in Dexter and Lucifer and like is currently been in Hulu's Woke. Like, she has done a lot of TV since this movie as well. So she keeps very busy. She also, like, is a writer now and uh, writes with a former professional wrestler. They, like, wrote a comic book based off the TV series Glow. I just saw that and thought it was really cool. But she, so yeah, so she's very, like, I recognized her face in a way I didn't recognize other cast members who weren't decom stars. And I think that was probably the George Lopez show. And so she, yeah, she's a, she's, she, she's been busy and keeps busy. This cast is made up of hustlers is what I'm learning. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think I was pleasantly surprised because like, you know, sometimes we'll, when we do these, like, what are they doing now? Like maybe we get to like three or four and like we move on. But like, it just seems like everybody who at least had a speaking role went on to like make a career or like have a great career after this. Yes. And I, I'm being careful not to say it's like a stacked cast. Cause I actually don't know that it is a stacked cast other than I would say Hillary and Christy um, or well, Hillary in particular. So it's got two decom icons maybe, but like, um, the rest of the other than Sean Ashmore and Gary, and then Sean Ashmore and Gary Cole both have like decent careers, but like it's not like when you're like, like oh, everybody's a celebrity, but it's it's a uh, we got some every everybody's consistently working exactly. Everybody's a it's a hustling cast, which is exciting, except for Hillary, who is a star and should is hustling just as much as the rest of them, but shouldn't need to. <laughs> um. I wanted to go ahead and just do some fun facts about this movie because 
I'm really excited. One, this movie came out in 2002 and I just, I was like, oh, what else was happening in like 2002 in the Disney world? We got this movie and we got Get a Clue in 2002. <gasps> and I'm just like, oh my gosh, the way we were eating. Like, this is, <laughs> this is a great year. I I loved it. Um, mm-hmm. This movie apparently got 7.8 million viewers. Which, again, we talk about how those numbers don't come up anymore in DCOMs. I was on IMDb looking for fun facts, and it says, and I hope this is true, that Sean Ashmore had to attend military school for three months (laughs) and also taking voice lessons to be able to project as a cadet major. And I was like, was he shouting a lot in this movie? Like, I didn't think he was. (laughs) What? We we talk about the ages in this movie. So IMDb says that Hillary was 15 when this movie was filmed. Christy Carlson Romano was 18, but then Sean Ashmore was 23. So that's why you said he feels a little bit older. People act like you can't tell, but you could tell when Hillary is literally, she was, it filmed in 2001. It came out in 2002. She was literally 14 when it filmed. Like her 14th birthday happened at the end of filming. Your girl was 13 to 14 while filming. <laughs> so I, I I wanted to point out that you were not wrong. Mm-hmm. He does feel older because he is older. And then the last fact that I have is that this movie was directed by Larry Shaw. And this man is a very big producer and like director in TV industry. So this man like directed Desperate Housewives and like directs like one-offs of like Gossip Girl and Emily Owens MD and Lisa McGuire and The Flash. Like Mm -hmm. he is out here like consistently doing TV work. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I just wanted to acknowledge our our director, Larry Shaw. (laughs) And I think we've said probably all we need to say about the movie itself, but we it's just so sweet and Hilary Duff is a star and it's it's a Hilary Duff starring vehicle that like captures her shine and delivers it onto audiences. So we are lucky to have it, lucky to have her. Truly would do anything for that woman. And it's just like, Jahan, what the fuck does this incredibly hot millionaire need from you? Um, but yes, um, let's, uh, let me just say one more thing, which is, this is of course our pride month film, because as I said, it is a lesbian period drama. It is, it has that early two thousands teen sexual tension, just kidding, not sexual, this, that teen tension and it holds up. (laughs) It has a life online among, I think, young millennial lesbians who are like, this mattered to me. I thought they should have gotten together. I think that's very funny and very sweet. I did want to say the writer. So there's two writers and just going off their IMDBs, I'm trying to make sure they didn't write them both together. One of them, well, one of them wrote Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. (laughs) Well, that wasn't what I was going to say, whatever. And then uh, that's wild. But the other one, Gail Parent. So she was a writer Avery, I don't know if you're ready for these credits. She was a writer for The Golden Girls. She was a writer for The Carol Burnett Show. And she was a writer for Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen. Stop. Stop. What a career. I don't think people understand Golden Girls is a staple in my life. (laughs) 
So um, to learn that something so near and dear to us was hand. Oh, she's 81 now. So she wrote this movie when she was like, like in her 60s. <laughs> That's like to, to write a movie in your 60s that simply struck the hearts of two nine-year-olds. <laughs> oh, an artiste. <laughs> what a like career. What a like legend. And she didn't just, she wrote 12 episodes. So she was doing a lot on Golden Girls. Okay, so she is an icon and I am so thankful that she wrote this film and Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen, which also mattered to me immensely. I hope that when I'm in my 60s, I'm still like, I still get tweens. (laughs) Yeah, I hope that in my 60s, I'm still writing things for the girls. I am a Cadet Kelly stan for life. I do not support the military industrial complex. Okay. Okay. Maybe I need to just say what where to contact us instead of continuing to ramble about one of my favorite movies of all time. You can follow me at Jahan413. You can follow Adam at the podcast Adam on all platforms. And Avery is at I am at Camille says 36. And you can follow our podcast at From A to Xenon. And if you are uh Sean Ashmore or somebody who has a crush. You can contact us at supernovagirls2049 at gmail.com. I'll be honest, my phone spent the weekend at the Apple store, so the the email is not currently on my phone. So I have not checked. Avery, do we have any crushes? I checked yesterday in preparation for this episode, and there are no new emails in the inbox. So Interesting. Listen, I love each and every listener. You give us your time, you give us a piece of your day, and you listen to us simply ramble about a young Miss Hillary Duff. Give us something back. (laughs) Just kidding. Thank you so much for listening. Maybe rate and review us on uh, the podcast apps. Yeah. Awesome. That's all from us. All right. Catch you next time. See you next time.